0: Hey, yo, say hello to the back, Scott Hall.
1: Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA.
0: Oh, it's real. It's damn real.
1: Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you'll listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, Monkeys, it's me, P.P.P.
0: The king of, of Bada the
1: master of the diamond cutter, the three time, three time, three time world
0: champion. Stay tuned or you will feel! Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The tone, no, no old Setro.
1: The world is listening.
2: whole indie show your dedicated home for all things indie in the world of professional wrestling sports and entertainment
0: when i say i mean what i mean i say and they become anthems i told you
1: if you let me out of my cage i'm gonna pile a body to the sky they just gave me a live mic pay-per-view. So, if y'all don't mind, I'd like
0: to get a few things off my chest. My name is Kevin Steen, <sighs> and fuck Ring of Honor! Fuck you, you're wrong! Fuck you, we're right! Because you have all made it to the dance! Because believe me, this is the dance!
2: With your hosts, Ashley is my name.
0: <laughs> you ripped out my heart. You took everything I believed in and you flushed it down the damn toilet. You flushed my heart. You flushed my soul.
2: And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake. i the Sun City Savior, Randy McWilliams.
0: There are so many amendments in the Constitution <laughs> of the United States of America. What up, please? Fifth. Uh. One, two, three, four. Fierce!
3: Now, seriously, they should have really just called that baby Oliver, Michael, George, because then it would have been an OMG baby. Anyway, welcome everyone to the whole indie show as I reach out to my Commonwealth friends like uh, the Power Andy Knowles (laughs) and Harmony and I guess Jeff because he's kind of become part Canadian even though he's part. Hey, that's getting too complicated. Welcome to the whole indie show. I'm breaking key, but I'm going behind the curtain. Then again, that show does that every week. Welcome to the whole Indie Show. This is Ashley. Joining me, as ever, is uh, well, first Randy. How are you doing this week?
1: I'm good. Back on break or whatever the fuck we call it on here. Gonna talk a little, little bit of hoopla, and that's the only time you'll probably ever hear me do that. But
3: <laughs> he's just played the sixth, seventh, and the eighth, and then as well as the fifth. <laughs> It was that high. Probably pro- probably, he just got beyond the octave, I don't know. And uh, also with us as ever, as usual, as God is my witness, if he's here. I shouldn't bring up Satan because we'll get to him later. Sandro!
4: <laughs> okay. Yes, I am here. Um had uh, quite a weekend last Saturday and Looking forward for what's, ha- what's going to happen this weekend here in the city that never sleeps. Of course, here in New York City. going will talk about that later.
3: Yeah, you went to see the live-action edition of Pacific Rim.
4: <laughs> Pretty much.
3: <laughs> Pretty, wow, I wasn't expecting that. But anyway, speaking of something that I wasn't expecting, Shazam. That's a bit of a segue right there. The big news of this past week has been a seventy-five, I think mean it's about seventy-five-second video that appeared on the Wrestling Is YouTube channel, which is all set in Allentown and everything. And there's a lot of snow, and you see this builder talking about, oh, the venue needs quite a lot of. Uh, stuff done to it before it can be used for anything and this mysterious voice that sounds familiar goes ah that's alright you know we, we should be able to use it just fine the person says what are you why are you doing fighting in it and the person goes no it's not fighting it's wrestling and then right at the end the the person in the jacket and the the Hard Hat is basically going, uh, so what are you going to call the place? And then you finally see the face of the person, which he, if you know the voice, you know who it is anyway. It's Mike Quackenbush, and he says, the Wrestle Factory, which in itself is pretty cool, because it makes you wonder whether that actually is how it started back umpteen years ago
1: when Chikara it. was founded in uh, <laughs> 2002. 2002.
3: Uh, but <laughs>
1: uh, One thing I did do want to point out from the video is how Mike Quackipus sported a bit of facial hair there. And for those of you that may or may not know, especially if you've seen Quack around that time period, 2002, he sported facial hair quite like that, which is kind of shocking for some people who really haven't seen much of Quack. <laughs> the car, but yeah, he used it,
3: just exactly like it was in the video, which is- Now, the, the, the really suspicious thing is was that clip done last, you know, earlier this year, sometime? Or was it actually done in 2002, and it's been planned like this all this time?
4: I, I just thought of that just now.
3: Oh, yeah, that's that, the too. most scary thing. That, that, <laughs> cue the Inception music. Oh.
4: What's
1: is the video available
4: in HD? No. <laughs> okay.
1: We were
4: yeah. we were still in standard definition.
1: All right. Well, that uh, who knows? Knowing how Quack is, it's never know. nowadays. People are gonna
3: go across exact kind of details now about like going into the history of the place. Like, was that shop there in two thousand and two?
1: Yeah, that's uh, the reason. I, the past. That's the reason I marked out the most was like, oh shit, it's Quack with facial hair when he had it in two thousand two. <laughs> Although you know, uh, inconspicuous by his absence, though, is Reckless Youth, who was, of course, the co-owner of Jakarta for a brief time period until he left and Kwaki Bush took over full duties.
4: You know, when you when you made that comment, I just thought of that exact. Uh, what this could lead to, which it could be a series of videos of what Quack did to basically what started up of, you know, Chikara. And I really didn't really think about that until you just mentioned it. And now what I'm thinking is are they going to continue this as like a look back on what it eventually became and What's going to be like the focal point after, you know, if they continue after these videos, like where's it going to end? It'll um, we'll
1: never end. That's what I'm wondering too. And like, I wonder how in depth they'll get into this because there's certain people that it would be interesting to hear what they say. Although some like, uh, for example, we'll say Chris Hero who had a big part in it. You- probably won't hear his name at all. You can Funny thing I found out in the Jakarta forums, you type in Chris Hero, it'll put in Cassius Ono to, as a little censor on the forum. Or it used to put John Kerry for some reason. don't know why,
4: but... <laughs> well. well, let's get into...
3: Whatever you do, don't just Google Miserable Failure anymore.
4: <laughs> well...
3: that, that, that joke on Google has got to go... Well let's, uh,
4: well, let's talk about the real like big thing about this video is at the end of the video there's like a second glimpse where you see the word Chikara, and then it fades out and then it turns back into the word ashes. And a lot of people were, you know, well, basically marking out saying, Oh, you know, chikara coming back, Chikara's coming back and you know, some people have Uh, you know, speculate on where this could lead. Um, When I first saw the video, I thought to myself, well, it seems like they're rushing to to bring back the company because I think uh, hearing the, I guess not so much negative feedback, but like zero feedback for like the various like wrestling is promotion because we known about not that many people attending several of the various wrestling is promotions.
3: Yeah. And if like Wrestling is is, 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 is flopping.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh,
4: <geez>. Hoopla um,
5: <laughs> well, let's not, well, any, let's not, any
1: interviews from?
4: <laughs> Well let's not jump ahead. I mean let's face it wrestling this one is doing well for itself. But some of the other wrestling is is not doing as great as we yeah. want them to. You know, Wrestling is Awesome is, is kind of struggling there. Uh, wrestling is already pretty good. Um, and some of the other ones, you know, they're like 50-50. But it seems- they
3: do seem to be kicking it a bit in gear, though, because in a couple of other stories, which you might just quickly, well, one I would quickly mention here. Wrestling is Heart, I believe, is having some sort of tournament at their show in August. And Wrestling is Awesome is having... Is it next week? Uh, or is it later on in August? I can't remember. At some point in the- I know that they've got a tournament, which they're going to be having.
4: Yeah, it's next month.
3: Yeah. But... um. I think we'll get to the participants of that in a few minutes. But yeah, the Shikara Ashes thing was very good. But in some news that I don't think, uh, you guys know, which I can exclusively reveal to you as we're recording this, there is a website now for what that, that video entitled theashesof.com. And it's even got like a Ashes style effect, like a Cinder kind of Ashes effect on the web page. And then underneath the video, if you wait for about 10 seconds when it loads in via the Flash Player or whatever, it suddenly says, Ashes, Man Down, premieres 19th of August, 2013. Now the significance thing about August the nineteenth. One, it's a Sunday. Two, it's the same day as SummerSlam. But I, I from what I remember, the, the Ashes Prelude, the first video, did get put up on a Sunday, I believe. It got put up this past Sunday, which was the twenty-first. My head? Yeah. I think it was the twenty first.
4: Wait a minute, you said August eighteenth or nineteenth? Nineteenth. Well, I'm looking at my calendar and that's a Monday.
3: Oh okay. I was I I thought it was Yeah, I'm getting it confused. Yeah. I'm putting I'm not putting enough uh I'm not putting enough days into uh July.
4: Are you drinking? No,
3: I'm I'm tired. (laughs) Uh, You know, this is what happens when you go and see Man of Steel at half ten in the morning and they're still up at two in the morning doing this. Also, if he's the Man of Steel, how the hell would he have a shave? Anyway, that's something I need to ask, you know, people out there. If you know, if you know that, get in contact with us on Open Book or something, I don't know.
4: Okay, um, I'm checking the website that you said and all I'm seeing is uh, on the top of the website it says Ashes and of course has a video of what we saw and it does say on the bottom of the screen Ashes Man Down premieres August 19, 2013 and of course that is a Monday so mark that on your calendars Something's going to premiere on August
3: 19th. Yeah, but there is something else that's hidden away. That Ashes logo is more than a logo. It's actually a link to the Ashes of Vine account, of which there's two videos on there at the minute. One, which was put up just before... A few days before the uh the video that featured in the prelude. I can recognise that. But the second six-second Vine clip that got put up on, I believe, Tuesday? Possibly Monday, Tuesday this past week. Features what is clearly recognisable from the masks... As fire ant and green ant walking kind of a, away from the camera towards like a a street,
4: yeah, I'm, and a house. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and yeah, with a bolt of
3: lightning just striking in the background.
4: Yeah, it's definitely fire ant and green ant. And the second video, it's basically clips from the first from the the ashes video that we saw not that long ago of a camera just. Taking shots of Allentown, Pennsylvania, or the streets or whatnot, but yeah, yeah this is very interesting of uh, what you're telling me, and it's it's getting me intrigued of what what else could they post in the upcoming days or weeks up up to August nineteenth.
1: The- As of oh. course,
3: if they post anything between there and then.
1: I, the only thing I can kind of see with maybe the lightning being flashed, the lightning like Quackenbush, that's the, I don't know if that's supposed to be taken too literal. But the, you never know. Well, they were walking towards the lightning, so. Uh-huh.
3: If anybody could know whether there was, well, actually, no, if it was a six-second volume clip, it must have been filmed. Around then, so uh, I might have to get in touch with eye uh, and see whether there were any storms about <laughs> Monday, Tuesday night.
4: Well, it definitely—it definitely shows that back to the ashes video. It definitely says that this video was definitely recorded, you know, January, February, or even March at that point. Hell, even December last year, you know, it seems like they, they planned this well in advance. But At I,
3: some point when Allentown, Pennsylvania had snow.
4: Yeah, but I'm still thinking... So I'm
3: going to have to cut a brass eye for the weather report on that. Report back to you next week, guys.
4: <laughs> but I'm still thinking they're, they might be rushing this, uh, but that's just me. But we'll see what happens next month.
3: Yeah, we will see what develops over the upcoming weeks. You will make sure you keep it here to find out what is happening, no doubt. Uh, it's a bit of *Ring of Honor news, and it's in, they've announced that as part of the All-Star Extravaganza show in Toronto, next week, New Japan's Kushida will be part of it.
1: Mm-hmm. It should be. It should be a decent fit, actually
3: thinking
1: about that. ROH fans are probably like, we wanted Alex Shelley, goddammit.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I know. Alex Shelley's injured at the moment.
4: Yeah, he's kind of banged up at the moment. Uh, but yeah, this a pretty good, uh, re- well, I don't want to say replacement, but he's a good Plus addition.
3: apparently his former tag team partner can't get a wrestling license. <laughs>
1: Well the last time him and his former tag team partner wrestled at that same former tag team the the company that uh, or what say would have let them lose <laughs> which mm, led true. to that whole, which led to that whole debacle with the Briscoes having to break up the Kings of Wrestling machine guns match.
3: Yeah. Some interesting news is some other interesting news from ring of honor as well especially regarding contracts and everything as we mentioned last week and we will mention later on mark briscoe is in this world tag the sorry the the world heavyweight title tournament that's going on or starting this weekend but the wrestling observer is it yeah wrestling observer newsletter isn't it yeah. yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to make sure I get the right name because there's plenty of people that try and it's it's like the peop it's like the joke in the life of Brian when it's the People's Front of Judea. Or well, the Judean People's Front. It's I don't I want to make sure I've got the right name. So <laughs> from the observer, basically, Mark Briscoe being in the Torment isn't an indication that the Briscoes are coming back to the company because they basically haven't signed full-term contracts. Jay isn't expected any time soon due to the fact that I think he's on paternity leave because his uh, wife's having a, another child with him uh, very soon. And also interesting bit of on the contract front is apparently the American Wolves of Edwards and Richards their contracts expire on the first of the month so pretty much just by this time next week Mm -hmm. which of course with those comments made previously about Richards and Edwards apparently being reached out to by TNA and WWE makes you wonder whether there's now any truth in those comments
4: we'll see
3: yeah we shall wait and see what develops with that as well uh IW's got I think it's just, has it just been one match that's been added to the next uh, show at Gleaming the Cube?
4: Uh, there's two more matches that were added to the show, but uh, I just forgot to post it on the page.
3: Oh, okay. I've got the intense title match between BJ Whitmer and Lewis Linden, for sure. Um, see if I can get the others up.
4: I'll, I'll got, I have them right here. I'll tell them. Oh, okay. Uh, the other matches that are being confirmed for the upcoming Gleaming the Clu- the Cube show next month uh, on August 30th in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, it's going to be a a women's singles match as Veda Scott will take on Kimberly, and Flip Kendrick will take on M Dog 20 Matt Croft. Flip Kendrick's back. I uh, don't know if
1: he's back full time, but it's nice to see him back
4: in uh, AIW since he's been wrestling mainly in Canada. Why has he been wrestling? Yeah, he's United? been
1: wrestling. Yeah, he's, still, he's still been wrestling. He's just been wrestling in Canada. They explained it on... Oh, I forgot which show, but it was uh, AIW show, I think from last year. They were saying that, yeah, Flip, uh, or Aaron Bauer was saying uh, Flip Kendrick got kidnapped by ninjas in Canada or some stupid thing like that. But that's pretty
3: much it. Like, yeah, he was just wrestling. I think for like C4 was one of the kills. Yeah, to Samoa
4: Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I've heard that he, he's he been possibly staying with Teddy Hart, and if he has, I feel sorry for him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, in case you're wondering in the Shikara talk why we didn't talk about the Icarus thing, it's because it was really kind of just a blink and you miss it it was quite a few people showed up Icarus showed up a little late gave them t-shirts basically saying hashtag I am Shikara gave a little speech about he may be the only one there today but there's other people that realise that Shikara won't die and then he disappeared Got back in his car, I think. Yeah, got back in his car and drove off. And that was it. Although, interestingly, it was all filmed, apparently. By somebody that's probably something to do with uh, Shikara.
4: No. Wasn't that, it? No, it was just a fan that that was there.
3: Oh, it was just a fan? Okay. Yeah. God damn it, YouTube.
4: Yeah, um, I'm somewhat, um, I don't know how to say this, but I guess in a way, just the point of basically Icarus just went there, gave a speech and gave out free merch and just left. Like the guy didn't even say for like 20 minutes. He just stayed there for like five minutes and then boom, he left.
3: Yes, which makes you what? Perhaps he did it because if he was there for too long, Condor security would have gone in with heat-seeking missiles or something. You never know. Because they still follow me on Twitter. I still follow them. Yeah, it's a mutual relationship. Um, Speaking of relationships, though, and this is something that I'm so pleased to see and weird... I, I didn't think I'd see it, but apparently, according to at least Aphidian's Instagram account, the Assyrian portal is back together. No it cares. looks that looks like that sarcophagus match turned uh, Monsieur Affidian face, and they're now back on the same thing. So, uh.
1: This happened, yeah. Next happened. Week,
3: Next week's song of the night is the full 17 minute version of, uh. Rapper's Paradise. Rapper's <laughs> Delight, sorry.
1: But, um. Yeah, they, uh. They reunited back at, uh. Wrestling is Cool, which, uh. That's another thing, too, with Eddie Kingston kind of going crazy there at the show as well. Hmm. Indeed.
4: Well, it's, it's good to hear that, uh. They're teaming together again, and, uh, of course, this caught a lot of people by surprise. Nobody really expected this to happen. Um, I, I kind of knew this was going to happen at some point, especially with the with the aftermath of their sarcophagus match. I had a feeling that they would come back. Um, I didn't think it would happen this soon. I, I would have thought it would have maybe until the fall at least, but uh, I'm kind of wondering if this is going to affect the the Chikara tribute match for Jenga USA this Sunday.
1: I was just about to bring that up too because Ophidian's wrestling on the Rudo side essentially with Chuck Taylor and the Batiri.
3: Unless, well, of course, they switch it up.
4: But I guess we'll have to find out.
3: Because to be quite honest, wouldn't it make more sense for Jigsaw to be on the Rudo side?
1: Um, yeah. Considering
3: I, he, considering Pieces of Hate were the heel tag champs?
1: Well, that too, but I think Jigsaw, I don't know if he is or not, but I think Jigsaw's still a face in DGSA Evolved, so.
3: Mainly thanks to Rubik's. <laughs> <laughs> Rubik's.
4: Well, at the same time, you ha- you had... Uh, Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gargano feuding in the DGUSA Evolve Universe, but elsewhere they were teamed together. Yeah. So maybe that's. Right. This could, yeah, maybe this could be the same case. Goddamn, uh, uh,
3: um Now, the Wrestling is Awesome thing that I mentioned earlier. They've announced, by the looks of it, the 16 participants that are going to feature in the tournament. I think it's, I'm trying to remember, isn't it? I think it's a double-header show, I believe. Across two nights. So, uh, the 16 participants are Yaka, Juan Francisco de Coronado, Max Smashmaster, Tommy Mac, Kobold, Scott Jagger Parker, Green Ant, the Estonian Vondervrog, Shane Matthews, Flex Smashmaster, Oleg the Usurper, Dalton Castle, Jiven Jimmy, Gervais Cottonbelly, Franco Rourke, and Chuck Taylor. So a pretty eclectic mix there. I can't call at the minute who would be champion. Mainly because I don't know the draw. But I'm guessing we'll know over the next uh, week or so. Because I think it's next week, the show. So we shall have to check that out now. uh, I'll pass it over to you now, Sandro, for the uh, Japanese news because results from two big shows from New Japan Dragon Gate.
4: Uh, yes, and let's start off with uh, Dragon Gate Japan. Of course, they just had their ninth anniversary show, Kobe World Hall, the Kobe 4 Wrestling Festival 2013, which was, of course, on IP review on Ustream. Uh, the first match, um, Super Shisa, Shachi Hoko Boy, and Rich Swan defeated the team of Kotoka, Super Shenlong 3, and Chihiro Tominaga. Uh, next match in the submission chapter between uh, Stalker Ishikawa and Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Um, Fujiwara beat Stalker in 20 seconds with an arm block, but, <laughs> but then the match was restarted. And Fujiwara still won in eight minutes with the Fujiwara armbar. Uh, next match was the six-man tag match as the team of Hub, Cyber Kong, and Nosawa Rongai defeated the Jimmy's team of Jimmy Susubu, Jimmy Kakitora, and Mr. QQ, Tanizaki, Naoki, Toyonaka Dolphin.
0: The Dolphin lost, damn it. Uh, so Nosawa's in
1: Dragon right. Age is uh is uh, uh is this just a one shot for Nosawa or has he been wrestling there for a little bit now
4: It's been a while since Nosawa has wrestled for Dragon Gate. The last time he's wrestled for Dragon Gate for like a, a part-time basis was 2000 I want to say 2008, 2009. That was the last time he wrestled like part-time, but as far as I know, this is probably a one shot.
1: Yeah, I've been heard a lot from Nosawa since uh since he got fucked over and uh uh with the with Sugi Sand and all that. He was supposed to be invest the super juniors and everything.
4: Yeah, now he's injured.
1: <laughs> oh shit.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's uh the masked wrestler in the uh Noah Tag League tournament.
1: Oh, okay, so he's with Noah or er, he's done.
4: Yeah. Uh next match it was for the open the Triangle Gate titles in a three way trios match as the Jimmy team successfully retained their belts as Ryo Jimmy Saito, Genki Horaguchi, H.A. Jimmy, and Jimmy Kanda defeated the team of Don Fuji, Gamma, Dragon Kid, and defeated the team of KZ, Bundai Ryu, and Wuhan Nation. And this was their first successful defense. Uh, Next match was for the Open the Brave Gate title as Masato Yoshino successfully retained his belt against Kayness From what I heard, it was a very good match. Uh, Next match was a no-DQ match as Yamato defeated Basaki Mochizuki, uh, which is kind of interesting because there was really no uh, weapons involved. So I guess the no-DQ stipulation really didn't matter at the end.
3: (laughs) So the stipulation should have just been regular match. (laughs)
4: Next match was for the Open the Twin Gate Tag Team titles as we have new champions as Naruki Doi and Ricochet defeated the former champions of Akira Tozawa and BB Hulk with uh, Ricochet getting the victory with the double rotation Moonsault.
3: Yes. Nice to see that he uh, gets a bit of recognition for his stint over there.
4: Well, he's been champion before. He's He's held the Brave Gate title uh, for about several months.
3: Yeah, but uh, certainly... Well, considering he got the big push last month in singles competition, didn't he?
4: Yeah.
3: By winning the t- by winning the cup. Mm-hmm.
4: And the main event, it was for the Open the Dream Gate title as Shingo Takaji defeated his teacher, Shima, and becomes the new Open the Dreamgate title as Shima fails in his sixteenth offense, and the match lasted for about thirty seven minutes.
5: That was a long one blind me <laughs> uh
4: There was a bit of an interesting fallout after the show uh actually during intermission, there was a uh, a promo that was aired on the Titan, which revealed uh Ata tomahawk and the new new rookie. Yuta Tanaka appeared on the screen, basically sending a, a message that they are now known as the millennials. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's basically they're forming their own stable. And the, the catch is, nobody can be in the stable unless they were born after 1990. So it's pretty much a uh young guy's... You know, forming Donald Stables. And, they, and Tomahawk has changed his name. He is now known as Teahawk, hawk And Utah is changing his name to U-T. All caps.
3: See, when I, when I just fought Teahawk, I just fought Street Fighter. I think it's Street Fighter, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it is.
4: Uh, Let's see, anything else? Um, Yeah, as I said uh, last week, uh, both Ricochet and Rich Swan they're not booked for the August shows. So as far as I know, they're going to be out for for the rest of August. Not really sure if they're going to be booked for the September tours, but uh, time will tell. And other than that, um, it was a pretty good, successful show for them. Uh, I heard they did pretty good on their Ustream numbers, so that's really good to hear for Giant Gate and hopefully for their next pay-per-view, which I think could take place either September or October. So expect uh, the next couple of weeks for news on that, if that does happen. Okay, let's see. And now we move on to New Japan. Of course, they had their recent pay-per-view show, Cuisino Road 2013. I was waiting for this page to load. Awesome. Oh, fuck there we go. You got to see
1: that. This show's good.
4: Yes, yeah, so another very strong pay-per-view from New Japan. Of course, it was held in Akita, Japan. Uh, there was a dark match, uh, apparently. Six man- no, Eight Man Tag, excuse me as the team of Manabu Nakanishi, Tomaki Hanwa, Tiger Mask 4, and Kushida defeated the Chaos team of Yujiro Takahashi, Yoshihashi, Jado, and Gato. First match of the pay-per-view for the IWGP Junior Tag belt, uh Forever Hooligans of uh, Rocky Romero and Allies Kazov successfully retained against uh, Takamishidoku and Taichi. Which lasted about 17 minutes. I was very surprised to hear that because last several shows they've been pretty short as far as the, the junior tag matches. So, kind of nice to hear that they went a bit long. Next match. This, uh, one, special was special
1: this one was an interesting one because you kind of had, because it it's uh, Chaos versus Suzuki Gun. So, you had Suzuki Gun play the heels in this with Chaos, who. I guess they'd be tweeners, although they'd be more like faces now. I guess, so faces with attitude. I guess is the word. i Yon- I'd say that, I'd say
3: I'd say they'd be kind of the requisite faces, considering arguably the biggest heel group at the minute is the Bullet Club.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's Bullet Club is. Uh, they're the more rising group. The bigger group eh, is kind of hard to. Say, I didn't say Gun the
3: biggest. Still... I said I said the most Uh-oh. disliked, the most heelish at the minute.
1: Oh yeah, no Suzuki Gun is still liked to an extent, but they're a, <laughs> they are some assholes. Just watch Minoru Suzuki's entrance. He always kicks down the young boy, <laughs> 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 forces audience to clap.
4: Of course, that's that's his stick. And yeah. uh, speaking of Minoru Suzuki, uh, he defeated uh, Tomohiro Ishii in uh, eleven minutes uh i heard this was a very interesting match uh what were your thoughts of that match randy
1: yeah this match was pretty good i've heard a lot about ishii being really a lot better than you would think even like looking at his look he's a short dude about two hundred twenty pounds maybe or so and mm-hmm. then he got Mino- minoru suzuki the, we were just talking about him right now but and just for those of you that uh a little interesting fact you know the Sleeper hold little deal that uh, Cesaro's been doing. The sleeper hold is a neutralizer. Mm-hmm. Guess who he got yeah. it from? Yeah, Suzuki. Yeah, <laughs> Zuki, yeah. <laughs> or right. at least I've seen Suzuki do it, and I'm pretty sure Cesaro just copied it. So, in professional wrestling, everybody takes moves. If anything is yeah.
3: once it wasn't one move stolen by Ric Flair, but, um...
1: but then again, Suzuki does a cradle pile driver or Gox style pile driver, then uh, Cesaro just falls down.
3: Cesaro is lazy he just falls down <laughs> uh,
4: the next match was for the IWGP tag team titles as Tenkoji successfully retained their belt defeating uh, the chaos team of Toru Yano and Takeshi Izuka in 10 minutes for their second defense this next match, match was oh.
1: no
4: boy
1: mm, it was an okay match like there was a lot of brawling in this, especially I know Tenzon's had history with Azuka very recently. Of course, their deep sleep lose match, which Mav is, will tell you that's a favorite of his, and you you can ask him why on that one. <laughs> but, um, like at first it ended in a double countout because of all the brawling, and then they started over again, and then you have the match. So it wasn't too bad, but eh. Ten Cozy with the victory.
4: But at the same time, you know, Tenzon and Kojima, they're not the same as they used to be. You know, they're getting up there in age. You know, especially Sorry. Kojima, you know, for what he did in, in his career, you know, taking a lot of bumps and, you know, going very stiff in the match. You know, that's, that catches up with him with, in time. And, you know, that's why in most of his matches, you see mostly like brawling and not much of his old style. But, you know, both him and Tenzon, you know, they still do best. For what they can do, and they're very over with the crowd. So, you know, take awards you can give. But anyway, yeah. Uh,
1: well, yeah. When you put it that way, okay, I can see that. Didn't really think of it that way. Just, but then again, Yano does a bunch of brawling too, and Izuka guess it the same way. So, should have kind of expected more of that.
4: And I'm pretty sure Izuka went after the commentator, correct?
1: Yes, he did, yes. Uh, I found <laughs> out why he goes after the commentator now, because he's a part of uh, Blue Justice.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Blue Justice is, uh, I guess, a stable of sorts. It's something that basically Yuji Nagata uh, has created. That's basically what that reference is. Uh, the next match... <laughs>
3: Sounds like Blue Justice is a rip-off of the BWR. Anyway, go, go, go ahead, Zana.
4: Uh Next match was for the Never open Openweight title. And a very surprising result as Masato Tanaka successfully retained get- defeating Tetsuya Naito in 11 minutes.
3: Again? <laughs> yeah,
1: you got him with... Um got it with the uh, sliding Ds, like two sliding Ds to get the job done on Naito, who, when he returned was, uh, when he made his return two months back, he was saying he was going for the Never title, and now he's lost mm-hmm. in the defense, though, where you go there with Naito.
4: Well, how did Naito look in the match? Uh,
1: Naito was all right. There was a lot of, Naito actually went through a table at one point.
3: Hmm. I'm starting to wonder whether that's called the Never title now because nobody wins it other than Tanaka. No, Tanaka will always win it. It will <laughs> never be won by anybody else. Come on, seriously.
4: Well, the the Never name it's supposed to be it's supposed to be an acronym for something. I I forgot what it was, but I know that the N stands for New Blood. It's
1: supposed to be like another promotion, I believe, but they have it. The Never Promotion hasn't had a show in about seven months.
4: It's basically their secondary brand for like their young guys, but yeah, like, as Randy said, they haven't ran a show in several months, so it's just there.
1: And you have a part-timer Tanaka with the title, who for those of you that don't know, he splits his time with New Japan and mostly the Zero-One, but he goes mm-hmm.
4: with both. Next match was for the IWGP Intercontinental title as... We have a new champion as Shinzuke Nakamura defeated La Sombra in 13 minutes, uh, 59 seconds with the Bombayee to become the sixth champion. Randy, how was this match?
1: Oh, this match was really good. This is one of the definite highlights of the show. Um, one thing up note that's very interesting, and our good friend Jason Namiko would point out to me a couple of times, um, uh, Nakamura goes for a springboard Bombayee, and it doesn't work out as well. It isn't that bad of a bots but did it didn't really do the best. And um, it, it was interesting seeing like Nakamura was doing some lucha and um, La Sombra did some strong style. So it's kind of a mix of the two you were uh, 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 different uh, what am I trying to say? What you weren't expecting from the two wrestlers. Opposite opposite um opposite uh, shit, opposite style. There we go. I guess is the best way to say it.
4: Very interesting to hear. I'm uh, not surprised with the result. I kind of knew that he was going to get the, the belt And when La Sombra returned to Japan. But uh, it's good to hear that La Sombra gave a good showing uh, with New Japan, and hopefully he'll get booked more in the near future. Uh, next match was an eight-man tag as the Team New Japan of Hiroshi Ten- Tanahashi, Toge Makabe, Jushin on the Liger, and Captain New Japan defeated the, the Bullet Club team of Carl Anderson, El Terrible, Tamatanga and Batluck Luck Fale in 12 minutes. Uh, Randy, what What's, do you what did you thought of this match?
1: Oh, this is a good match. The Bullet Club is uh, for being what the, essentially the top heel act, I guess. I don't even though kind of contradictory to what I was saying earlier, they're pretty hilarious with the stuff they're doing. Prince, uh, there was a promo they had earlier. Or an interview, or oh yeah, promo. You can say whatever. Um, where uh, Bullet Club is interviewed, well, more specifically Prince Devitt about how he was about to avoid the Rainmaker, and Carl Anderson and Prince Devitt go to show how he's going to avoid the Rainmaker in a very hilarious <laughs> way, and then El Terrible opening the door for. Oh, El Terrible is pretty fucking hilarious <laughs> with his catchphrase, "A like, tequila, cabron." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and then, uh, not for the match, it's good. Yeah, the Bullet Club is just. It's interesting seeing that because they're a basic heel that for what we see here in the U.S., but in Japan, you don't really see the heels, like, interfere and distract in matches with them like, at all. Like, even the people that are heel, they're usually just in the way they act in the ring, like, a bit aggressive or whatever, but. You don't even see, like, Chaos or Suzuki Gun or any of them interfere, but Bullet Club does this all the fucking time. <laughs> but uh, uh the faces were victorious here with Tanahashi hitting the... I believe it was Tanahashi. Yeah, Tanahashi hit the high-fly flow on to for the win. I believe it was out the finish Uh, um,
4: I'm sorry, actually, uh, you were saying something?
1: The thing I was going to say
3: was... It kind of feels like you're trying to bury the group that's got motion, but I'm guessing they did it in such a way that they're probably going to do it as a setback rather than a uh, Ring of Honor-style scum situation.
1: No, they've been... uh, Bullet Club, yeah, since Debit's turned heel, he's been just gone upward. He won every match in the best of super juniors and beat Tanahashi and then beat Gato back at um back at their last night pay per view. So yeah, this is I believe his first loss ever since He turned heel, so oh well going later on into it but uh oh, sh-
3: No but I'm <laughs> saying I'm saying is is it is it, it's more of a setback for the group rather yeah. than an actual utter demise.
1: Yeah, although you also look at how Tanahashi and Weiger beat Terrible and Tonga for the CMLL World Tag Belt at the, uh, on the July fifth show. So, but yeah, it's probably more second than anything. They're they're not like the Shield now like, just yet, but or probably will be. Even though, pretty sure Tonga is related to Roman Reigns. Forgot <laughs> Yeah. All the those Or the Usos, yeah.
4: Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> but, uh, no, I got to disagree with Please, that statement, Ashley. My
1: bad, I forgot about that. Tama Tonga wears a fucking jacket just like the Shield, too.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, but, no, I got to disagree with that statement, Ash. Um, whenever the Bullet Club are in their match, even without Devitt, they pretty much go successful. They win all their matches, and the only time they lost is as as Randy has stated, was during that um, CMLL tag titles back at the July fifth show where they lost to Liger and Tanahashi. So they've been pretty much um, on the roll. They they've only lost a few matches, but I don't really think this will hurt them. I really don't think that. Uh, obviously, the feud is going to continue with the New Japan and Bullet Club. But, um yeah it's I, just the,
3: the way it looked on paper with the uh randy's already kind of spilt it, but with the other result, it was really a kind of a case where the bullet club didn't really need to turn up because well, they were unsuc- they were unsuccessful in both, but
1: well that too in um is either you either would have had to with the David Okada match and I, we're going kind of way too early into it, but it's either you have Okada lose so early in his reign after you've established him back up uh, or have debit or you have Devitt who's just barely starting to get established in the heavyweights. Now, now like he's sure. getting that and more than likely like, that he's going to win G1 climax. That's probably what pretty much Devitt is what Okada was last year.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, Go ahead, Sandra, with the rest of the results. Yes,
4: yeah, so the next match was a one-on-one match as Shiroki Goto took on Katsuyori Shibata, but it once again went to a double knockout result in 14 minutes. And I got to say, I'm a bit disappointed with the result. I'm pr- I'm sure that this was one hell of a match, but um, I'm just not happy with the end result. Uh, and this is the third singles match these two has ha- has have had. But uh, obviously the feud continues and there's a possibility it could go over in the G1 Climax tournament, which will start next week. Uh, Randy, what did you think of this match?
1: This match, I had watched their Dominion match, and the Dominion match is pretty fucking good. They just beat the shit out of each other. And I imagine they probably did in... I think it was Wrestling them. Not nah, not Wrestling them. Taku. Um, I forgot what the, the first match would have been at. Um... But with this match at um Kazuna Road, it was it was kind of the same as Dominion. It wasn't too bad, but did you have the draw finished? The only thing I kinda of don't like with that is that you had the first match was a draw and the Shibata won at Dominion and then you have a draw again. It almost seems like wouldn't you have had the second the draw before the win to kind of build up as the like nobody's beat them up but or nobody has won out the two. Mm.
3: One thing I'd like to clarify, are we sure that it was a different match? Like, were they wearing different trunks? It wasn't yeah, just, like, uh, an edited version of the last no, one because no, it had the same a, result at the end.
1: No, there was different stuff in it. Well, mainly Shibata winning was different than, um, in fucking, um, oh, there was a nasty headbutt at the Dominion match. Now it's just, you could just hear the skull crack. Not, almost reminded me of, a, uh, almost thought uh, Sushi Kodage was delivering that headbutt. But, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes from there. And, well, uh, Shibata has his partner back now. As, I believe that's the next match we're about to talk about, too, <laughs> Sakuraba. So maybe a tag match again, or I imagine another single match. Like you said, G1 Climax.
4: And speaking of Sakuraba, it was his return as Kazushi Sakuraba defeated his rival Yuji Nagata in 10 minutes with the cross arm breaker. And how did this match, how did this match look and how did Sakuraba look in the match?
1: This match, I kind of didn't pay attention as much, but for the most part, I still, uh, did, uh, I still pay, um, Anyway, uh, yeah, they beat the shit out of each other pretty much. It was back and forth. Like, I saw the, the highlight video before, like, detailing their previous history. And um, was, I can't think of the promotion. I want to say it was Pancrase or what was the other? Uh, I forgot which one it was. And they also showed how Sakuraba broke his elbow. Nasty-looking injury. That was the first time I'd seen the video, too, from Wrestling Notaku. And then that's led to got and Sakuraba having the match. And then it was pretty much kind of the same as Goto and Shibata, but that's what you get when you have a Laptor 7 match you know, with Shibata and Sakuraba. Very kind of realistic, maybe MMA-inspired to an extent they're just going to just beat the shit out of you. That's pretty much their game plan the whole time. <laughs> either kick you, knock you out, or try to choke you out, or or in Sakuraba's case, put on the cross-arm breaker and tap. By the
3: way, guys, the uh, the term beating the shit out of each other is an official technical term. Just to (laughs) clarify.
5: It sure can be. but.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight title as Kazuchika Okada successfully retained defeating Prince Devitt in 19 minutes of course winning with the Rainmaker in his third defense.
1: This this is a... Let me see. I did not see the Suzuki defense yet. I saw Maccabi. I'd say this one slightly better than Maccabi, only because you kind of had a story going into the match or with the whole Bullet Club. But, yeah, this is a pretty awesome match here. We had Devin managing, as I mentioned earlier, him with the promo to avoid the main rainmaker. He managed to avoid it a couple times. At one point, he hit... um. Did Okada go through a table? I believe so. There's a lot of double stomps in this match, but you kind of see that with Devitt. Um, At one point, Devitt hit the reverse Bloody Sunday, and um, that only got a two count there. Didn't hit the Bloody Sunday at all in the match, and then I forgot how... I think it was... Oh, yeah, the finish was really nice. Devitt went for the Bloody Sunday, but Okada uh, countered it into the Rainmaker. Like, uh, debit had Okada lifted up. Okada went down, put, got the wrist <laughs> turn, went back and then hit the rainmaker for the one, two, three. And uh, wonder what's next for Okada. I believe in the promo, they were kind of, they meant, I heard Shibata's name mentioned. So more than likely that's going to be the next challenger to Okada.
4: Well, we'll see what happens. And, uh, Personally, I'm not upset with the result. I don't mind it. Uh, I'm sure it was a good match and all, but uh, it, it would have been interesting had David won the match and, of course, winning the, the world title. But uh, maybe in the future he'll get another shot at it, but we'll see. And, of course, big news came out of the, well, a few days after. Uh, of course, we all know the G1 Climax will start next week. And a lot of people were wondering if, well, mostly the finals of the Climax tournament will be streamed on iPay-Per-View. Well, New Japan took a big step this week as they announced that they will now be offering all nine G1 Climax shows on iPay-Per-View on their UStream. stream. Now, the catch is you can order... The entire, all the shows in one package, and it will cost you $150 for all the shows. Now. Which,
3: considering most aren't, aren't normally the shows like $25, that's about.
1: Essentially. Pretty much, if, if you are willing to see all nine shows, you, it'd be best to get that $150 offer. Because it's essentially paying six, $15, $16 bucks per show with the $150, yeah. which would be similar to pretty much ordering an ROH IPay-per-view or pretty much an any pay per view that's not WWE or TNA.
4: Now, there wasn't any mention if you can order the shows individually, but all that, that's been uh, revealed is you can get all nine shows for 150 bucks. So, and the thing is, you don't have to watch it live. You could just, there. all the shows are going to be on their video on demand. So, you don't have to watch it live at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, because, of course, that's during the week. And, of course, a lot of people in the States are going to be sleeping. You know, they got to get up and go to work or whatnot. So, you know, once you come home from work or school, whatever, you know, you got something to eat and watch the G1 Climax at your leisure. And I got to say, I, I got to give credit to new Japan for pretty much having all the tournament shows on I pay-per-view. That's, that's pretty ballsy on their, on their part.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: And if you have the money, uh, to pay for this, uh, package, uh, go for it. You know, if you have $150, I say go spend it because you're going to get a lot of great wrestling. And of course, uh, All the matches have been revealed. We're not really going to go over all of them. We're probably going to mention a few uh, noteworthy matches for next week's preview. But uh, it will be a very interesting tournament. And I've heard nothing but positive feedback from mostly the American fans that are looking forward to watching the G1 Climax Tournament.
3: I mean, think of all the money you're saving by not buying the TNA one-night only pay-per-views. Which is ironic, because that equates to the amount of money that TNA wasted on the one-night-only pay-per-views. But anyway, well, it's a completely separate matter.
4: Well, let's be realistic. You can go watch those pay-per-views if you want. You can watch them on YouTube. Somebody will rip them in the next
3: few days. <laughs> They'll be up there somewhere.
1: Although, vice versa, you can do the same with this. We just got... <laughs>
4: But yeah, but at the same time, it's yeah. Kind of the, the,
3: the difference is, Randy, this is wrestling worth paying for in and that's Japan. That's what
1: I was about to say. There's a promotion <laughs> I probably want to put money into, even though it'd be dollars Tag. to yen or however the conversion
3: is. Hashtag ask Dixie. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh shit! Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later on because okay. there is an interest. There is an interesting. Uh, Thing to talk about, regards to that. Uh, so, who do you have
1: winning one climax? Well, I already said my pick in um, Prince Devis.
4: Let's wait till next week. Well, we're getting
3: yeah. We'll wait till next week when we've got the full field and all That's
1: that. So here's the full field right here,
4: if I
3: can. Hang on, you, we'll leave it till next week, Randy, because you know we're overrunning in this first segment. Right. What a surprise! The t- whole indie show overruns. That never happened. Sorry, produ- sorry, producer Brazai. <laughs> well,
1: I do like that Kodobushi is in G1 Climax.
3: So, uh, with that, uh, that's all the Japanese in the news. When we come back, we've got more results to go through. We've got Sandro's thoughts on Kaiju, and Hoopla as well. My God, this is going to be a busy middle segment. How the hell are we going to put it into 45 minutes? I'm going to have to talk quick. So, here's a few messages, and we'll see you in a few minutes or more with more of the whole indie show, guys. Yeah, I get food
1: for the family. Someone's going to get fucked up. Right now, we're leaving the bad luck. Can't feed the feed when I'm hungry. Someone's going to get fucked up.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, SNS Unplugged has returned to the airwaves. You can check out the Bronx father Tony J Mirabella, and of course, Mister Money on the Mic Jeff Jackson every Tuesday night. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as they discuss the happenings from Monday Night Raw, NXT, the latest news of the week sponsored by our good friends over at Wrestling-Online.com, and then things get a little interesting as the topics could change from week to week, including topics such as the supernatural, conspiracy theories, Basically, whatever the hell these guys want to talk about, they're going to cover it every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Unplugged is back, baby. Uncensored. Unbelievable. Unplugged. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out wwwwrestling onlinecom Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over sixteen years, and just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over twenty-seven thousand other subscribers. Wrestling-online.com.
0: You will learn to pronounce my name
2: properly.
0: Wrestling Dash Online dot com. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you The Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast That's taking the IWC By storm Beyond the Bell On each edition We cover a different theme Taking you back in time To relive the greatest And worst In professional wrestling We go behind the mic Where you will get Backstage stories From the perspective Of a pro wrestling Ring announcer On the independent circuit Find out what it was like To announce some of the Greatest stars In pro wrestling history And the funny stories Behind the scenes And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Word though.
3: show with sandro randy and ashley sorry um i've already told you why i'm speaking fast because i've got to get through this uh Uh, results for this past week starting off with a couple of selected results from the tcw double header of events the big event Three and the bagpipes and boilermakers shows uh... One thing that is worth mentioning from night one or two CW's doubleheader, uh, there was a match where Kevin Steen defeated the second rope. <laughs> <laughs> and then interestingly, yeah. Colin Delaney beat Kevin Steen. So I really want to know how, how he beat the second. I, I'm really intrigued by that. That's
1: just um, that's just as hilarious as Kevin Steen's three-month-old-at-the-time son Owen pinning Excalibur after Steen hit three package pile drivers on him.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Uh, the Tag Team Championships were retained by CK as they beat the Chris Brothers. In J. Freddy's return match, he actually lost to Cheech. Uh... Kevin, the man Graham beat Biff Busick and Gregory Edwards in a freeway. And Isis FX retained the 2CW title against Dalton Castle. Uh, apparently, I think there was supposed to be a Piper's Pit for that segment, but it never happened. Or it isn't listed on the results that I've got. Uh, for the second night, uh, Dalton Castle beat Biff Busick... CK retained the titles again, this time beating the electric dream machine of Guerrero Loco and Studley team McKenzie. Uh, Punisher, Van Slyde, and Kevin, the man Graham beat the Chris Brothers. Gregory Edwards beat Jay Freddy. So, Freddy losing uh, in both of his matches. Uh, Isis FX defeated Mike Mondo to retain the 2CW heavyweight title. And the main event saw Colin Delaney, with Rowdy Wally Piper in his corner, beat the juggernaut Jason Axe. So he was involved in at least one match. So he didn't just chew bubble gum and kick ass and whatever. Hashtag they live. So, next up, CWF Mid-Atlantic and their No Excuses show, which... Uh. Seems to have had a few interesting results, mainly in the case of, uh, in the Johnny Weaver Memorial tournament, Trevor Lee beat Roy Wilkins in a match that apparently went nearly 16 minutes. It's a pretty long one. Uh, other significant matches in there. Uh, the TV title, Matthew, uh, De successfully retained against Lance Lude. And in the main event, Donnie Dollars and Eric Royal, Jason Miller and Nick Richards. Which I think is an upset because Donnie Dollars is the commentator, isn't he? Or is he the owner? I can't remember. I need to get more into CWF, but the problem is there's so much other stuff to cover. It's kind of really losing your track on what you're
4: covering. The <laughs> damage.
3: Uh, but wrestling is cool. From last Sunday. Had Amasis beat Chuck Taylor with a roll-up after Orange Cassidy tried to interfere. There was a post-match meet-down... Post-match beatdown, sorry, on Amasis. But Ophidian made the save. And the Assyrian portal are back. All in white. So it's become biblical or heavenly or something like that, I don't know. Uh... Arctic Rescue Ant beat Jolly Roger with a top rope leg drop. The Estonian Thunderfrog beat Orbit Adventure Ant with a frog splash. And apparently Orbit Adventure Ant had kicked out of a huge powerbomb. The Shard beat the Lithuanian Snow Troll via submission. Frightmare beat Juan Francisco de Coronado via roll-up. Farant and Green Ant beat the Lost Ice Creams. And the main event... Uh, saw Eddie Kingston beat Eric Corvus with a backfist on the future. Well, it is interesting that near the end of the match, there was Icarus chance it's starting to go up. The spectre carries on. The go- The ghost of you clings, should I say. Wink, wink. Uh, and final set of results, at least for me. Uh, Beyond Wrestling's American Marana show. Also from last Sunday. Pre-show saw Latin Dragon win a four-way by pinning Shane Strickland after Dragon won via a burning hammer DDT combo. Sorry, uh, Sozio and uh, David Stowe were also in that. Uh, Drew Gulak beat Chris Dickinson with a knockout forearm. The four-way tag match with the uh, Hoods and the Minutemen and Team Tremendous. And the EFBYO. So a team tremendous win with a wheelbarrow double stump on tease of the EFBYO. Uh the Tabernacle team, basically Team France, beat uh Aaron Epic and Dave Cole, who was subbed in for Sugar Dunkerton, I believe he was possibly injured, I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, Col- Colt Cabana beat Yakka with the go to sleep. Hey, CM
4: Punk. <laughs> 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 Kevin
3: Steen beat Masada with a sharpshooter after doing a cannonball onto Masada's knee.
4: Ouch.
3: Ow. Ow. Uh, Johnny Gagano beat JT Dunn with a Gagano escape. Anthony Stone beat AR Fox by a reversal into a sit-down pinning combination. And the main event saw Eddie Edwards beat Biff Busick with a single leg crab with head stomps. Afterwards, he thanked the crowd, and they said the show. They made the show awesome before actually putting over Biff Busick, which is an interesting uh, move there. They did announce for their next show in September. Chuck Taylor was going to be part of it, Michael Elgin, and also ACH. Be part of a show uh, September fifteenth. I expect to hear more from that
4: over um, the months i gotta say uh i've heard nothing but positive feedback all over twitter about this show and i've heard they're really good for the attendance there's a lot of pictures um well mostly on twitter from fans that uh uh posted that took pictures of the show and it seems like they had a really good crowd at the show and i believe they have a special offer um if you pre-order their dvd uh, on the website which is com, not only not only will you get the dvd of the show but uh you will gain access for the unedited version of the show which has a special guest commentary from johnny gargano uh Kevin haven't I believe Drew Gulak was on commentary as well, and I believe Coco Banna was a part of the special guest commentary. So that's a pretty good offer from uh, Beyond Wrestling. As I said, let's go to the website. Look, no ma, uh, excuse me. Look, ma no fan Dot com, and you get all the details there.
3: Now, the one show that we've left out is obviously. The one that was the only one of the shows of last week that one of us attended. It wasn't me or Randy, and it was Sand. It was Sandra, and it was Kaiju Big Battles Brawl in the Family.
5: Woo!
3: I've got yeah. to pronounce it right, or else Loudon will get on my. Uh...
4: <laughs> well, I probably doubt that, but uh, yes, I did attended the Kaiju Big Battle show here in New York City last Saturday night. At stage 48, um, pretty decent venue for the show. Um, although my only complaint was I was upstairs in the, uh, in the second floor. Um, there was one section of the, of the place that was blocked off because they had to use one of their cameramen to take footage. But there were only like two people in that big area. So I didn't understand why couldn't they like, Cut off half <gasps> that part, you know, so you could put more fans so they could watch the show. But that's my only complaint.
3: Perhaps Archibald Peck was up there
4: on the balcony. Uh, that's possible, but no, he. <laughs> <wasn't>. <laughs> uh, the first thing that happened in the show, of course, Loud and Obnoxious came to the, greeted the fans and welcomed everyone to the show, and they gave a brief recap of from their last show at WrestleCon. Previously,
3: uh, a, a kaiju big battle.
4: Yes, but except with that big voice. Um, Bryce Ransburg was at the show, and he was the referee for the entire show. And apparently, they they made him wear uh, a camera. He was pre- pretty much wearing a camera on his chest, so he could, uh, I guess, take footage of the match. <laughs> you see
3: when t n a does it it's considered rubbish when it's done in Kaiju, it's going to be seen as groundbreaking
4: <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know oh, how, I love it, it. It, well, I don't know how they did it in t n a like where was the camera position like was, oh, I, was think, there...
3: no, I think that was actually a head cam because they had basically you know a helmet that made them look like a member of Devo. <laughs>
4: Well, I guess that's the difference because uh, he was wearing it. They had like straps all over his chest, and it wasn't really a big camera, it was like a, a small digital camera uh, in the center of his chest, so he could pretty much move easily without any issues.
3: He did wait for one of the matches, and he go, Stop, stop, guys, I need to change the SD card. I
4: don't know. No, he. I don't know if he was even aware of the camera, but he just uh, did his job as a referee. And he was sporting a pretty awesome mustache, I will say. But anyway. Isn't that is the, all
3: these people that have been fired from Shikara and facial hair?
4: Well, I don't know, but uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, the first match was a tag match as uh, the, I guess, Rudo uh, team of Unibuzu and Yarzminko came out and they took on the team of. Los Platanos, uh, Paco and Pedro. Um, This was a a fun match, I got to say, to start off with. Um, At one point, there was a bit of a botch from the plantain. Um, Basically, what happened, I guess... um, I guess they were... uh, I don't know how to describe this. Uh, They basically did like a, a wheelbarrow. They wheelbarrowed themselves but yeah. one of the plantains like slipped when he when he tried to launch himself into the corner, but, you know, he, he he still went for the clothesline regardless, and I don't think that many people um, noticed it, but I think Loudon kind of mentioned it, but, you know, he just passed it through. I but, don't want to
3: make the obvious joke about, you know, two plantains slash bananas slipping up, but,
4: you know. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, the match ended with uh, one of the plantains pinning Unibuzu for the match, and it was a short match. Short match. It was about maybe a ten minute match, but uh, it was still fun, uh, still entertaining. And of course, after the match, um, the plantains were cel- celebrating by um, jumping around, and uh, of course, they grabbed rice, and all three of them were jumping around celebrating. Um, after that, there was a, a short segment with uh, loud and obnoxious uh introducing the intern refs as a just-in-case if uh, Bryce Ren- Rensberg couldn't ref some of the matches. They introduced two referees. Uh, one of them was a mask referee with a big hammer, and he was called El Hijo del Justicio. Yeah. Which is... Uh, the son of justice.
3: See, <laughs> so does that mean the uh, Estonian thunderfrog is a son?
4: Mm, not really, <laughs> because he, okay. he didn't look like a frog. No, it wasn't a big hammer. It was just like, a, like a, I guess, like a gavel, pretty much. Best way to describe it. Something like that.
3: It's Judge Dredd. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and he had a mask. It was basically a Santo mask, but it had a uh, black and white striped colors all over the mask, which I thought was pretty cool.
3: Oh, he's a zebra. Okay.
4: And the second uh, intern ref was uh, P. Lander Yellow.
3: Ah, yeah, P. Lander Yellow. It was announced that he was going to be referee in one match, I think.
4: Yeah, which was basically this uh, Asian guy who had um, yellow hair. He pretty much had like the whole Hoken hair look which like. Uh, there,
3: it? there was a guy of Asian persuasion. What?
4: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after this segment led to another segment because the Iron Brothers came out and they came out with the Baby Sky Devler. And the Iron Brothers were basically uh, playing with uh, Baby Sky tossing him around to the other brothers, until Kung Fu Chicken Noodle came out. Yes! (laughs) And he tried to get back the Baby Sky deviler and this basically led to a brawl with um, all four guys. And of course, uh, all three Iron Brothers pretty much got the advantage on Kung Fu Chicken Noodle. But uh, Kung Fu basically... Um, he got his momentum back he fought off all three Iron Brothers uh, this whole thing lasted about maybe like 7 or 8 minutes and uh, basically Kung Fu Chicken Noodle managed to get back baby skydiver and ran off to the back so somewhat of a happy ending for Kung Fu Chicken Noodle skydiver appears
3: to be in safe hands or is it? appears
4: but Leading on to the next fight Which was a arm wrestling match for the arm wrestling championship Even though there was no championship belt present during this fight. So that kind of defeats the purpose of this match Which had um monger king uh, to take on dusto bunny uh, Now before this uh, this arm wrestling match happened uh monger king wanted to have like a warm-up match so he decided to take on one of the construction workers nearby at ringside uh which was uh by the name of sal salbino i think that was his name uh he's the the head
3: he's the head construction worker
4: oh apparently he was the the strongest of all the construction workers and they had an arm wrestling match um Oh, I forgot to mention. Um, the manga king was accompanied by Hack and Slash, which was your, you know, your typical henchman. Of course, manga king was a part of, is a part of Doctor Cube's posse. So Hack and Slash was at ringside. So they had this, uh, this arm wrestling warm up, and Sal Bino was about to defeat Manga King until Hack and Slash interfered and, uh, basically, Manga King cheated. Uh, So he won the woman match. And eventually, Buddy came out. And he was throwing uh, Easter eggs at the crowd. Uh, (laughs) Plastic Easter eggs at the crowd. I don't know what was in it. But uh, anyways.
3: People shouted at him,
4: but it's July. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Somebody actually said that in the crowd when he was throwing the the Easter egg. Somebody said, but it's (laughs) July. They
3: did. Oh, lovely. Anyways, uh, he throws out Easter eggs at, at you know Christmas at the time of Jesus' birth. Just to really confuse with some of the people in the crowd.
4: <laughs> but so they had the the arm wrestling match. Um, it was a back and forth uh, arm wrestling match, but this thing uh, was about maybe two minutes until Hacking Slash interfered. So dustle Bunny decided to fight uh, Hack and Slash and Monger King. So this eventually turned into a fight between all three of them. And dustle Bunny, uh, you know, he was he was at a disadvantage with the three on one. Of course, Hack and Slash and the Monger King pretty much beating the crap out of the dustle Bunny. But um, Dustle Bunny got back and he he fought them. He fought all three of them off, and this. Basically led back into the arm wrestling challenge, and of course Dutle Bunny won, so uh Dustel Bunny was declared the winner, even though he wasn't received a belt
3: he is the this, champion
4: yes, this non existing uh title
3: kind of like the Ka Grand championship
4: <laughs> Ah, it's funny you should mention that because this leads into the next uh fight um. Actually, loud and obnoxious was in the ring uh, talking about what had happened at WrestleCog with the Grand Championship. And he was telling the crowd about who could have stole the title. And this led to the gambler bug to come out and he had the Kaiju Grand Championship in his hand. And he admitted that he stole the belt, but he never admitted that he shot Dr. Cube or... The beetle. Nor was he questioned about it.
3: He got the belt, but he did not shoot the deputy.
4: Yes.
3: What well done, Eric Clapton.
1: So you mean, Bob Barley? Oh,
3: well. I don't know who originally did I shot the sheriff. It
1: was Bob Barley, Eric Clapton, it from her. use in Barley. God damn it.
4: <laughs> Plagiarism. Now, the... Uh, one uh, interesting thing: there was a a roulette table set in the ring, with uh, you know all the the gambling stuff on the table and whatnot. And uh, Where
3: are the women in the scantily clad dresses?
4: Well, they were. Oh, wait, uh, this is Kaiju. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> um, of course, the gambling bug put the belt on the table, and he brought out three fuzzy dice. And he decided to play craps on the table, uh, even though there was no uh, reason to do that, but it was kind of hilarious. And during this segment, uh, the gambling bug was, uh, I guess, dancing at some point. Like every like five seconds, he was, he was shimming his arms back and forth, which I thought was hilarious. And, uh, of course, Loudon was wondering who could take on the gambling bug and you know try to take back the Kaiju Grand Championship and this led to french toast to come out and to challenge uh the gambler bug and this led to the next match which was uh french toast to take on gambler bug um this was a uh, another front match i have to say uh it was a back and forth fight between the two but the finish came when um french toast uh I don't know what he was gonna do if he was going to attempt to do a like a reverse Surakarana or, or something, because uh, French Toast was on the shoulders of the Gambler Bug and was going to do something, but the Gambler Bug stopped and hit a electric chair drop uh, through the roulette table, and the Gambler Ouch. Bug, yes, and the Gambler Bug pinned French Toast, winning the match and leaving with the belt.
1: So did he
4: land on the red or the black part? Uh, both. <laughs> Green. Uh, this led to intermission. Uh, it was like twenty minutes, but uh, an interesting thing happened during the intermission because uh, Kung Fu Chicken Noodle with the Baby Sky Devil was running around throughout the entire venue, and even came up upstairs where I was at. And you know he was showing the crowd, you know, hey, I got the baby Skydiver, you know, you know, he was very happy showing the crowd. And then this led to the Iron Brothers chasing Kung Fu Chicken Noodle, and uh, they were trying to get the baby Skydiver,
3: uh, but they. During the, the- this is all during the intermission.
4: Yes, this was during intermission.
3: <laughs> this is brilliant. Show never ends, people.
4: <laughs> I- I wish I could have taken a picture of it, but, uh, it was kind of dark, so it wasn't lit up where they were running around, where I was at. But, um, they went back to the ring, and they were, uh, fighting all over again, but the interesting thing was, uh, during this, uh, brawl, uh, one of the Iron Brothers, uh, took Baby Sky Devler as Kung Fu Chicken Noodle was fighting, uh, the other two brothers. So, uh, One of the Iron Brothers left with Baby Sky Deviler and once uh, Kung Fu Chicken Noodle noticed it, he was very upset and uh, realized what has happened. So uh, Kung Fu went looking for the Baby Sky Deviler as once again the Iron Brothers has uh, in possession the the Sky Deviler. And we're back from intermission and the next fight was a match between uh, Slow Fang against Psychoctopus. I keep getting that name wrong. Basically, the one-eyed octopus.
3: The Psychoctopus.
4: Yeah. Now, apparently, apparently, Psychoctopus apparently bought uh, Slow Fang's hammer. Uh, Slow Fang has a hammer, which is basically like uh, Thor's hammer, a very big hammer, which Uh holds magical powers and whatnot. But uh lot of obnoxious mentions that the hammer was sold in an online auction. <laughs> so it's like Octopus bought the hammer. Uh, now, the thing was, the hammer was sold by the furious furry of Tukor and i got to be honest, I don't remember the other monster's name, but it's basically a furry Toucan Sam. For, th- for the
3: sake of argument, we'll just call him Johnny Mathis.
4: Or we could call him Toucan Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. So, core uh, and Toucan Sam came out. Now, the reason it came out was apparently... Uh, so it's like Octopus sold him a, a check, but apparently the check bounced. So the money was no good. Uh oh. So the Furious Fury wanted the hammer back, but Psychoctopus decided to bribe them with two items. Uh Psychoctopus offered the Toucan Sam a box of fruit R- fruit loop cereal <laughs> and uh seen her on a- <laughs> No. No, that's Fruity really Pebbles.
3: Oh yeah, I got
1: confused.
4: The toucan uh, and the wrestler. There's a different. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Anyway, some he-
3: would say there's only two moves that Cena can do. So,
4: so when the uh, when he received the box of Fruit Loops, he was obviously very happy, and he decided to eat the box of uh, Fruit Loops cereal. And of course, uh, Tukor was not very happy, was wondering, why are you doing this? Why are you eating this box of cereal that he offered you? Until Slug Octopus gave Tukor a box of Great Nut cereal as Tukor was happy and accepted this for the payment. So um, the fight actually began between Slow and Slug Octopus as they were fighting and, uh, Slow Fang wasn't, uh, happy with, uh, the Furious Fury at ringside. So he decided to, uh, fight them as well. So now the fight turned into a three on one handicap match. Oh, boy. Uh, of course, uh, the heel team got the advantage. And Slow Fang was getting beaten up by all three of them. Until another monster arrived. And this was the return of the Steam Roller Boulder. Which basically is a big boulder.
3: Powered by Steam? Yes. And not the Valve version, sure. No. Why am I saying that? He doesn't
4: listen. No, he doesn't. And shame on him. Anyways, uh, he actually helps out slow fang. So this turns into a three-on-two handicap match. And of course, uh, the face team got the advantage and Snowfane got the win, uh, pinning, uh, I believe it was two core. So not only did he win the match, he also got back his hammer. And after the match, uh, the boulder cut a promo basically saying that he's back and he's putting the other monsters on notice. And... Next up is the main event. Uh, it was for, uh, to be the leader of the Dr. Q posse as Hell Monkey took on number 13. Now, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, 13 came out with a few members of the posse, like maybe two or three of them. Uh, excuse me. Uh, when uh, Hell Monkey came out, uh, he was only accompanied by two corps. But then more mem- more members of the posse came out. Uh, there was about like maybe five of them. Um, uh-huh. Including one which was, I guess, kind of disgusting. Because there was a monster known as the Scab. Which is basically a guy dressed up as a piece of scab.
2: Wow. Yeah. <clears throat>
4: Um, of course, one of the other notable monsters accompanied uh, Hell Monkey was uh, Dino Kang, which is very hilarious because he had trouble uh, getting into the ring, and he kept like falling down on his face. And <laughs> <laughs> there was a point, even before the match even started, where Dino Kang did not know where the hell he was at, uh, flailing his arms over and over again at Anybody that he comes to and uh, For some reason he almost he basically attacked the price of Rendsburg before the fight begins. But uh, he was put at ringside as well as the other members of the posse um, This was a, an interesting fight between the two uh, Pretty much uh, number 13 uh, had the the advantage was pretty much dominant throughout the entire match and um, Almost had the victory but, uh, during the match, <laughs> Kung Fu Chicken Noodle came out again, looking for the baby Sky Devil. And, uh, this eventually led to two of the Iron Brothers coming out and started to fight with Kung Fu Chicken Noodle. And, um, once Kung Fu realized that the baby Sky Devil wasn't around, he, you know, he realized that he's somewhere else. And this led to a chant of, Where's the baby? So, uh, Kung Fu Chicken Noodle went to the back looking for the baby Sky Deviler. The other Iron Brothers left as well. And the match continued. Um, I, I miss I probably missed something because, uh, at this point, Bryce Rens- Rensburg was not at, at, in the ring. He was probably at ringside, probably, uh, Taken out by one of the members of the posse. So I don't know how it happened. But as uh, 13 uh, pretty much had the victory won. Until uh, Sekhmet came out. He came in the ring and took out both 13 and Hellmonkey. And pretty much declared himself the winner. Now the interesting thing about this. Was when Sekmec came out. He was accompanied by two of Dr. Cube's minions. And the interesting thing about this was that the Minions had a big box. Which I'm pretty sure what was inside of it was the Eye of Tear. But uh, they never really opened the box, nor did uh, Loudon uh, made mention of it. But I thought it was interesting to see that it was brought out uh, at Rainsight.
3: Was it a black box?
4: It was, it was just a, uh, a small box that had a lot of yellow skulls on it.
3: That sounds over tier-esque.
4: Yeah. Um, as Sekhmet was pretty much celebrating, even though he never won the match, Dr. Cube came out. He was at the entranceway and, uh, basically was just rambling on that, you know, he's still the leader and you know he still controlled the posse and then he was confused on where he was at because he he still thought he that he was still in new jersey and really nothing important out of the promo and just walked off so really this match ended up in the no contest but um anyways after that uh loud and obnoxious thank the fans for coming and I think he mentioned that the next show uh, will take place in September or in October, some point in the fall. But um, overall, I thought the show was, was very entertaining. I had a, a lot of fun at the show. Uh, I don't have any complaints aside from the um, one area uh, cut off. But uh, I had a good time and I wouldn't mind going to another show if they would come back to New York City.
3: So there you go, that's uh, Sandro's thoughts on Kaiju, and now, in the limited time that we've got, it's time to get a little, uh, I better say this right, Because if you do look at the credits in the thing, it is a night ip- of who It's about eight O's on Hoopla, don't know why, but Mm. anyway, yeah, Ring of Honor's Night of Hoopla from a few weeks back, I think last month, I'm not sure exactly, I think it was a few weeks back to be honest. Um, This was overall definitely an entertaining show, I'll give it that. Uh, It started off with Truth in the Ring, Basically, saying, Look, you can all have fun tonight in here, there's offers on the booze, but when you leave the venue, please be responsible. Don't drink and drive. And you know why you shouldn't drink and drive? Because you might crash into a bus, and the bus has got school children on it. And then, because you've killed the school children, you won't let the schoolgirls become 18-year-olds. And then, <laughs> this is the thing that really got me from Martini. And then, who else am I going to bang? <laughs> oh, my word. But then uh, Scarlett sang the, the Hoopla Anthem, which, depending on what I decide, has either opened the segment or will close the segment. But one thing worth noting about it, because obviously you can hear the audio and not see the video. At the end of it, while the USA chants are going from the crowd, they just randomly show us a shot of Walmart. Because apparently that's about America or something. America. Weird, but brilliant. So we opened up with... I think it was. Uh, I think all of these were non-title matches. Mainly because no titles changed hands. Mm. Spoiler, but uh, Matt Taven, mm. along with Silesia, was taking on Adam Cole and Eddie Edwards. Uh, mm. Worth noting that all the referees were in ludicrous pants. Ludicrous designs, certainly. Uh. Scarlett spanked the referee Um, there was crowd interaction to the extreme in which cases some of them got headlocks on uh, Matt Taven and uh, Cole and Edwards were taking camera phone photos (laughs) it's just oh my word and then Taven Taven got quite a lot of the brunt of the stuff some pretty mad slaps And then there was an interesting '69 moment with uh, him and Adam Cole. And then one of the bits that was really (laughs) brilliant was another fan interaction moment on the outside. Matt Taven basically went to a fan and says, "Look, whip me, whip whip me into the ring." Uh, So the fan did. The fan. The fan does the action. Except Taven lands straight in the side of the ring on the outside. He goes, Oh my God, why would you do that? And Silesia and Scarlet were basically in the guy's face going, oh, What do you do that to Taven for? And he just bowed to the crowd because they were doing yay. You could tell, you could tell they were drink. You could tell they were dr- drunk and Drinking alcohol like crazy there.
1: Well, they're uh, at a was- bar. Bourbon Street of a bar, so yeah.
3: It was also a massive, huge ass lap to uh, Scarlet Bordeaux from
1: <laughs>
3: Edwards. Yeah. So much. It- Luckily, we weren't on Seamus Bruise level. We could have been, but you never know. Uh, but the after that slab. Cole, I think, hit a was it a superkick?
4: Yeah,
3: and then Taven hit his uh, finisher. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But the Taven got the win, and he left with the girls, which left Cole and Edwards on their own. So then they, I guess, I think they called it the Eiffel Tower. They basically put their hands on each other's hands and started air humping
4: well, that was a joke because um I think it was i think it was scarlet who was in the ring uh, with uh, uh Edward and, and a lot of, a lot of the fans were chanting that uh referencing that uh all three of them getting in a i guess in a sexual position with all three of them But that was the joke oh okay. But uh this match uh about a short match, like ten minutes or so. Uh I, I thought it was a fun match, you know. Uh I had nothing really nothing negative to say. I-, I thought it was fun.
3: Especially getting the bin involved, that was genius. Take out the trash or something.
1: An opening match. Was Randy, pretty good. your thoughts yeah, on that opening match. It pretty much set the tone for what you were able to get for a night of hoopla. With all the shenanigans going on with um well, pretty much everybody in the match. You had Edwards chasing the girls around with a camera. He chopped Scarlet in the ass. Um, with all of the Taven stuff. And then him and Cole doing Eiffel Tower, DP pose, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um Yeah, it was pretty good. Nice little... Thing there, a lot of charisma shown from Eddie Edwards A complaint that some people might have Against him and other Individuals, especially certain people He teams with And him and that other person Definitely disproved <laughs> people wrong This night Yeah
3: um, Next up We had An interesting little well, singing segment with Jimmy Jacobs, singing, uh, not actually a bad couple of songs, a bad little uh, lady. in Gypsy Soul, and I can't remember what the other one was. Yeah. Which was, they were actually not too bad, you know, I've heard worse. Mata Fata Gentile yeah, just shouldn't say that, because that is actually not bad. I can't think of worse. Um, I shouldn't criticize Pharrell because he's on "Get Lucky," but it's just like Pharrell. Well, now on you can single say that ten years, years ago, you could have definitely them.
1: said that. Then he kind of just disappeared, <laughs> and now he's on "Get Lucky." He's Will I Am without the shitty haircut,
3: and now he's Will I Am.
4: Oh. Yeah. Nah.
3: Yeah, and without saying "got to get that." Every yeah,
4: two I enjoyed this segment. I thought it was a it was really good you know jimmy showing his uh uh singing talent i thought it was pretty good oh and yeah. uh, of course um so, sorry i just got to mention this um after the uh the midi concert ended um the fans were chanting uh at jimmy G- Jacobs' uh uncle Jesse, which is a, a reference of uh the tv show full house and then uh, jimmy jacobs uh, sang one of um John Stamos, uh, I guess the song that he did in, in the show, I forgot what it was, but he sang like uh, like a verse of the song and the the crowd popped big.
1: Yeah, it was nice. It was interesting seeing Jacobs go back to kind of what he was before he became this dark figure with the Age of the Fall and now it's Scum.
3: Yeah. And Drunk. Chicago's easily pleased. <laughs> Speaking of easily pleased, next up. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
5: whoa, whoa. Jay right.
3: versus Delirious. No, 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 no. no. Jay lethal versus Delirious is what it was written on paper. With the referee being Maria Canales. And this has got. Interesting from the get go because the Machismo it King. wasn't Jay Lethal, it was with Sister Sherry, the Machismo King Jay Lethal. No, uh, it with like Sister Fina. Sherry, who was yeah. that Athena? I can't remember, it was somebody else. Uh, it been better if it was uh, if I was if kind we of wondering those. who it was, For and Anderson. I wasn't sure.
5: Oh, yeah. I did like, uh,
3: though, that they did turn up on a trolley. <laughs> Somebody was oh, manually was pushing a trolley around the crowd. And then cut the, uh, you know, pre-WrestleMania 7 promo. <laughs> saying, you know, Ultimate well, Warrior, I'm going to end your career. <laughs> Everything goes dark. And uh Delirious comes out and you notice there's something mysteriously tied somewhere between his uh elbow and his shoulder. And you're going, Oh wow. Seriously? And then he actually starts Taking doing Ultimate warrior poses. He doesn't he, luck, luckily because of how close it is to the ring, he couldn't oh, do he any could running.
4: It. You know, except they like, couldn't do that much. Running to the stage, you just gotta just ring around ringside the three sides.
3: Yeah, all I have to say to this match is wow, because I haven't gone back myself, but I believe that was pretty damn close, move for move. Mhm. Exactly the same as Mania Seven. Which is a lot of credit to the guys that have probably been on the tape and basically trying to get the the play done absolutely perfectly. There was one nice bit towards the end when uh, Lethal's doing the multiple elbow drops and the crowd (laughs) shout, three more times, three more times. He doesn't have a elbow drop. Two well, more they, the, times. The crowd conned. He <laughs> even knew what would happen. I mean, yeah. Definitely. I mean, towards the end when Delirious was doing Warrior's Finisher, he did uh, the one running uh, shoulder strike, and then two more times, two more. And he did he did the bit and did the finish with the just the one foot on uh lethal pinning him and then, because history can never repeat itself, lethal got a roll up and a freak out, and Lethal wins. the crowd don't know what to do; they don't know whether to cheer or uh boo. I, I don't know, but oh, it was the, the other thing during the the match is uh, people were going. This is there was a, this is awesome chance, which is unsurprising, but then there was also a this is familiar chant and also a gimmick <laughs> <and laughs> infringement chant and then right at the end, uh, lethal gets Maria, calls her Elizabeth. Hmm and asks her whether she'd marry him and uh... she says hell no is your name mike bennett and walks off which of course pisses off sister sherry and then maria makes a save and has a second thought on it. <laughs> Mainly because J. Legal gets down on one knee because he goes, perhaps I didn't do it right. And then multiple times just goes, Elizabeth!
4: If JJ was here, he would do it perfectly. Elizabeth!
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> just, uh, and, asked for marriage, and she went, oh yeah, again, and he went, and he was like, yes! (laughs) And then suddenly, from the crowd, Mike Bennett runs in, takes Maria away, high-fives a couple of people in the crowd, and gets off into the sunset with her. It's like, what? This is awesome!
4: I've got to say... Oh, (laughs) my word. I got to say, I uh, love Enough, enough said. That I was It was very entertaining. It was very fun to watch from start to finish. Uh, got to give credit to Jay Lethal um, pulling out the, uh, the Macho Man gimmick. My only problem with this whole thing was that uh, Jay Lethal didn't came out to the, uh, the WrestleMania 7 attire. That's my only complaint. Had he came out with that attire, this, this whole thing would have been perfect. But... Aside from that, it was still a very entertaining match. Uh Delirious did his best as the ultimate warrior, you know, even to the point of, you know, him looking at the ceiling, you know, with his palm, you know, looking at his palm, and saying, like, why isn't this breaking and, you know, all that stick. He did pretty good, um as a warrior. I thought it was I gotta say this this was my match of the night in my opinion. I enjoyed it.
1: Thinking about it now, it should have made a lot more sense that you would have Delirious play the warrior, especially with him tending to. Wait, well, doesn't always run around the ring when Delirious wrestles, but he does have very warrior-like <laughs> mannerisms, I guess, in the ring. On some stuff, for just the wild, crazy nature about it, but. I, I felt both of it fit. It was nice to see Jay Lethal do. Uh, Black Machismo, or in this case, Machismo King and ROH will probably be the only time unless they bring back Knight of Hoopla or something of the sort, which I wouldn't mind that. But got to see lethal do something that really got him a name, kind of, in TNA somewhat. And then it sizzled out, and well, it's about anybody in TNA. But regardless, pretty good match. love the whole WrestleMania 7 experience, which. It was pretty much from the get-go. It was, Although some fans seem to not like some of the stuff, because this match did go on pretty long. <laughs> I think it was one of the longer matches on the show, if not the longest. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I
3: understand. Yeah, but it was a recreation of 7. It. That's probably why. Yeah. Woo! Uh,
1: so-
3: then we have the Pants Off Dance Off, with special judge, Judge Jeff Jones, starring Val uh, Malone, Scarlett Bordeaux, and Celestia Sparks. And uh, <laughs> it was a pretty, you know, pretty interesting dance off, and uh, the judge was about to declare the winner, and then Davey Richards' howl hits, and he makes his way out. And uh, he basically goes, hang on. I thought this was a company that was all about wrestling and mm. not about all this tomfoolery. You yeah, there's some guys you might know, like Samoa Joe, and a guy we like to call Brian Danielson, and some guy who was from around these parts called CM Punk. Of course, huge CM Punk gent. And then he goes, so for that reason, I only have one thing to say. Hit the music, and then does some of the most ludicrous dancing I've ever seen. Air humping the turnbuckles, just brilliantly bad. Spanking uh, two of the three uh, girls, Which and is then Val very Malone funny when you realize
1: who the next person to walk out was. <clears throat> A.K. Her husband. Well, yes, Monsieur uh, Silas Young behind the curtain a little bit. The person she manages an AEW. <laughs> but, it, oh well. Yeah, her husband. <laughs> Come uh. out.
3: And then cue the best line, I think, in the history of ever. What in the fuck shit is this? <laughs> um, it basically leads to a match between Solas Young and Davey uh Then they asked Davy to take his pants off, and uh he actually he, he starts to and basically says oh yeah there's no, there's nothing there for people to see and then when he does take when he does take them down, the crowd suddenly starts chanting, "Keep them on, keep them on just, but overall, this is a great technical match, and then there was there was a twist with Silas Young keep going to the outside, trying to bide some time. Oh, no. So Truth Martini made it a Lumberjill match and then Ugh. cue nearly a dozen wrestlers no.
1: dressed in drag. The ugly side of <laughs> Night <laughs>
3: There was interest. There was one interesting little kiss, and then when it happened, <laughs> the guys in drag were like, ooh, ooh. It was oh, like "Oh my god!" <laughs> uh, which shortly after that saw the, uh, I think it was the ankle lock submission, which led to Davey getting the win. And then randomly at the end, Davey went. I think it's now appropriate, you know. I've danced, I've stripped, and now I'm going to sing. <laughs> and then he started doing a few lines. I don't know why, but wow. It's just yeah. There was epic.
1: Even with all that happened, it was still pretty crazy. <laughs> Funny thing. Not, did it work out so well for Silas Young as he ended up getting kissed by one of them and, of course, being the last real man in professional wrestling, would it
4: they didn't go out too well with Silas Yeah, this this match was something. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but it was it was pretty funny uh, seeing Davey doing the uh, the shenanigans that he did and whatnot. Um, it, the the match itself, you know, was good. But uh, I think the the shenanigans was, I guess the, I guess, sort of a highlight.
3: Yeah, highlight, low light—I don't know what you call it, light light. <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting, I will say. But that's the thing: the matches may not have been brilliant all the time, but the experience—just damn—that's what I'm saying. Because next up, we had some lucky plant, probably a plant anyway, in the crowd getting a lap dance from hoopla girls, except. It wasn't Silesia, it wasn't Val, it wasn't Scarlet. It was two other women. <laughs> and they obviously uh did some deception, deception, inception, or whatever you want to call it, by doing that. Which was pretty nice, because he even offered them money just to get them to go away. Which made me think it was a bit of a mark. Which then w- led us pretty much straight into the next match. Which was a good one. I'll give it that. Roderick Strong and Cheeseburger taking on Kylo Riley and Bobby Fish, aka Red Dragon. Now, yeah, it was a good, a good match, and also actually wasn't
1: that bad a showing from well, Cheeseburger.
3: Well, he is. I believe yeah, he's a
1: trainee was of the Wrestling Academy, so his work getting put. Get put to use here in the, in the tag match. Pretty good match there. Cheeseburger showed what he can do or what we'll see probably in the future. Then Roderick Strong was Roderick Strong, and we had uh, Redragon, which and I guess it's think same thing. Redragon was Redragon, so a nice little match there. Although Redragon got the win with uh, chasing the dragon on uh, Cheeseburger.
4: Oh, um I don't know to me, there was nothing really special in this match, you know, in my opinion, yeah, you know you had the debut of the cheeseburger the. I don't know I think that's the dumbest name in wrestling, that was just me uh yeah, he did show a good showing, but he pretty much got his ass whooped throughout the entire <laughs> match, but you know he did get a i guess trying to prove that he could hang with the with the big boys, I guess, but um, yeah, Red dragon getting in the win. Right,
3: nothing special here, yeah, it was I mean, I thought it was a pretty good match, and no, I don't spectacular, but not too bad a from Cheeseburger. I thought it could have been a much worse could have been much better, but yeah. next up was the uh cut segment where they interviewed Satan. And he was basically talking about how, uh, you know, he's got people inside uh, Ring of Honor that uh, owe him big time. And then he says, you know, how do you think QT Marshall still wrestles here? I was like, ooh, damn. Um, so that happened, and then he refused to take his pants off. So Silesia Sparks gave him an <laughs> attitude adjustment. Just pretty impressive, because Satan was a big dude.
1: Well, Silesia has guns and Silesia on there. So he was, pretty you know, much made that clear. How's he lifted up so. Ethan Page at JT Lightning? It's, even though he might not look it, Ethan's a pretty big dude. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, sure. But, uh... Yeah, that segment was a bit... Yeah, that was up Moving there with on. Total Divas. Just
5: saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that says a lot. Um, so then we come to the main event. The... Oh, I can't remember what they called this. It's the a 6, intergender six mixed, mixed tag, tag. had some yeah. kind of Add had some fancy name. I can't remember what it was, though. It was Adrenaline Rush, comprising of uh, ACH and Tadarius Thomas. Teaming up with Athena to take on the team of BJ Whitmer, Michael Elgin, and Miss Chief. Although it was, it's worth pointing out quite a few people in the crowd were saying Mrs. Chief.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Of course, you know, back oh, to that.
1: The cat Elgin was pre- and
3: Mischief. They pretty word. much
1: knew the cat was out the bag. Well, hell, they said it themselves, so it, it wasn't like it wasn't known that Elgin and Mischief were or uh, an item, or husband and wife. Now, right. the, and this happened to uh, pass on into the match, which was probably one of the funniest things about it, because any time Elgin tried to do a move on Athena, Mischief would not be too pleased about it. <laughs>
0: Like Definitely.
3: Uh-huh. Definitely, uh, but um, yeah, there was quite a lot of merit interaction between the two of them, which was pretty good. Overall, the match was great, mainly because it wasn't just for the technical wrestling stuff, which it had a lot of, but also some of the just the great comedy stuff, like uh Tadarius Thomas did. Uh, it
4: was great. He was breaking uh, a
3: rolling handstand or whatever you order, whatever He's you call do a it. Cap- he capoeira. Like
1: well,
3: no, because he did
1: he did he did. He did, he did
3: have, uh, I'm trying to remember. Was it the capoeira? And then uh, he tagged He tagged it. He tagged in ACH and Elgin did one <laughs> exactly yeah. the same. And everyone was like, Working "Oh, you got well, no, you got there. served." I think it was wasn't it. And then, uh, ACH thought he was, uh, Amasis from the Assyrian portal.
4: Well, he was doing the.
3: During that dance. Well, he was doing the the Carlton
4: dance at one point, and then he started, like.
3: he pretty much.
4: Yeah. Well,
3: no, because he. No, he did. He did that later on. I'm trying to. He kind of did the. the, You know the bit when Amasis has the, uh, the cardboard down in the ring? This is the bit where he oh, kind of steps oh, rage, over his feet and then kind there. of it ends with a spin yeah. of Rooney. He, yeah, he, he did that and then, of course, Elgin did the worm. Then ACH did the carton. And Elgin just then, like, not exactly afterwards, but a few minutes afterwards, just shook ACH's hand and it was like, yeah, this is done. I'm not going to beat the carton. And then it eventually got to a point where Mischief and ACH were in the ring, and ACH was gonna, about to, sw- you know, swing for her. I was like, "I can't do it. I just can't. It's not in my nature." And then the immortal line: "I don't want to be considered the O.J. Simpson of professional wrestling by hitting this woman." There, everybody's
1: doing. Oh feels, my i uh, Just try to send a video to you after this. Of ACH down at ACW where they had, like, uh... There's a weird segment with, like, him and Jessica James where it ended up he was trying to dance with her or whatever. She was always trying to get... A, she was trying to get away, and then at the end, like, oh, is it... Is it because I'm black?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Playing the race card. Oh, good.
3: Uh, Then... The the finish it was really getting nice and hectic, especially with uh Athena yeah, connecting with the top rope O face to uh I think it was Whitmer, wasn't it? And uh then the, the finish came with uh Mischief loaded with the mist and then kisses Elgin and Then Elgin gives the mist to Tedarius. And follows up with a buckle bomb and uh, sit down power bomb and he gets the win And I don't know what the combination of paint to water was in that mixture mischief I think it was way too much paint because throughout the rest of the match towards the end <laughs> it did kind of look like a Van Gogh paint. Um,
4: I got a bit I enjoyed the match, uh aside from the the wrestling stuff but some of the, the shenanigans in this match was just very entertaining. And uh, I got to give credit to Michael Elgin. He can do a, a good worm. He he did it pretty good. I, I think uh, Scotty Thuhati would be jealous of Elgin. But, um... Pretty good uh, comedy spots uh, with uh, ACH dancing, uh, doing the Carlton dance and whatnot. I'm not going to lie. When he did that, I was just laughing my ass off. Well, I thought that was hilarious. And... Uh, just a, a good match overall. I thought it was good.
1: It had a good mix of everything that you had that night. Well, not so much the girls, although nothing against Mischief and Dina, though. <laughs> they weren't necessarily the hoopla hotties. Although, um, not a good match, though. I really liked a lot of the stuff between Mischief and Elgin. That Because everybody pretty much knew they were buried, and then the whole this spot was pretty nice, too other than that, everybody really did something in it. Even though Whitmer was kind of... I don't remember him anything really doing too silly too much. Not that he... He was like the only one who really didn't partake in it, but didn't really hurt the match, whether he did or didn't. So that um, it um was a great way to cap off the Naya of Hoopla. Hopefully, mm-hmm. they consider doing more for these because as much as people like ring of honor for being the serious wrestling thing name show, they can do little sports entertainment. If you want to even call it that in this case, I don't know what you would call it entertainment just as good as the others can. (laughs) So it it was a nice change of pace to see ring of honor, not take itself so seriously for once on a show.
3: Yeah. Oh, I'm certainly. I, overall, I agree with that. You know, it wasn't the best show that you're probably ever going to see, but it was a pretty nice, refreshing step away from the seriousness that Ring of Honor normally is. I'll give it that, definitely.
4: Um, overall, um, i got, I'm going to give the show an A. I, I thought this was a really good show, mostly because of the shenanigans that that were a part of the show and you kind of knew that you were expecting it, you know, especially what the, the theme of the show was. Um, no really other major complaints, you know, aside for Jay lethal, not wearing the, uh, WrestleMania seven attire. But, uh, aside from that, I probably recommend the show. Um, I'm going to give this an a, and I hope they do more of these shows and I hope they do more of these shows. Um, in other cities. So I think that would be a, a really good thing.
3: Yeah, I think overall, Grape-wise, I'll... I'll probably give it... A, a, I'll probably give it an A-. It was still a very good show, but... Uh, I just think that Hoopla and Cut segment kind of let it down. Also, the lap dance was a little bit weird. and <laughs> I felt I walked into a David Lynch movie
1: at some point. Um, yeah, I'll give it an A, too. It was, it's, it's more, good, yeah, uh, it's just the Randy. whole show in general was a really good atmosphere. Not necessarily the wrestling action, although that was still good itself, but it was just everything combined really brought out the A in this show.
3: Yeah. So, uh, i everything crammed into that segment so when we come back um an interesting Ooh. twitter question that we've received with the hashtag ask twis which we'll get to first then we've got sandro's uh quick thoughts on i believe he had a chat with bryce remsenberg at some point we'll get to that and then uh Previews and picks for this weekend's upcoming shows from all various companies, including yet another one that Sandra is going to. God damn it, why is he going into all this stuff when I can't get to anything? I, I feel sad now. Anyway, join us for the final part of this week's whole indie show. Right after these messages, we will see you in a few. <laughs>
2: On the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun.
3: What is up my SNS peeps? I am the sensational sequel, Sean. And Ashley too, yes it's still my name, I haven't changed it yet.
0: We have this really cool show on the SNS Radio Network. It's called the Open Book. We cover wrestling, we also cover all the biggest gaming news and game reviews.
3: Plus, we've got the latest from the world of film entertainment.
0: This is the open book. Catch us every week right here at the SNS Radio Network.
2: Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I wa- I okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught Sh- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from Headlines as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D O G, the
0: road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels.
2: And Future.
1: Hey guys, it's Rima Fuske.
2: And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here. On the SNS Review Network. Following his Grammy worthy performance on Raw, WWE Music Group is pleased to bring you Ali sings the hits. Sexy boy! Revel and relax as the Punjabi Playboy takes you on a musical journey through the music of yesteryear. Hit me me best shot. Why not hit me best shot? You don't need money. Don't take fame. Don't the card this train. He may not have won a Grammy, but with this collection, he's sure to win your heart Every road you have a stone Every cowboy sings sad, sad song I'm too sexy for my love Too sexy for my love Sexy, it hurts Kali Sings the Hits is not available in stores or anywhere else, including
1: wweshop.com
3: This is the fun part of the Sweet Tall Indie Show, with Ashley, Sandra and Randy. And before we get anywhere, we do have, we now apparently have a Twitter hashtag that you can get in contact with us. Uh, Just look for hashtag ask TWIS and leave a message and we'll have a look on that and if there's anything we'll probably talk about. We actually do have one, amazingly. And, uh, it's hashtag askTWIS. What is your opinion on bully Ray insulting? Okay, somebody sent this to the wrong hashtag. This isn't ask Dixie people. This is Ask TWIS, And this isn't an ask me anything. It's, you know, we want to talk about wrestling, not complete random crap that Dixie's being bombarded with also I don't think people hate us like people hate Dixie
1: I'm pretty sure they don't
4: Nah, nah. nah people hate Dixie more I'm pretty sure of it or they just wanna hate her just to fuck with herself. So.
3: if you if you do hate us we want constructive criticism what don't you like <laughs> if you say everything we'll take that into consideration literally Might throw it out the window, but anyway, we'll keep that in mind. But, uh, keeping things in mind, there was something that you wanted to mention about Monsieur Ramsberg and, uh, Kaiju, Sandra.
4: Yes, um, yeah, after the show ended at the Kaiju Big Battle in New York City, I had a brief chat with uh, one Bryce Ramsberg, um, I forgot to mention, um, halfway through the show, uh, Bright, uh, there was, like, a ref bump during one of the matches, so Bryce Rensberg was wearing, like, uh, his, his head was, like, uh, wrapped up for a bit. So he was kind of banged up uh, for, like, the rest of the night. Basically, I asked him, you know, how he's feeling after the show. He's like, oh, you know, uh, a bit banged up, but, you know, hopefully I get better. And, um, the first thing I asked him was if he's going to be the referee for the Chikara Tribute match at uh, this Sunday's uh, Drango USA show. And due to the fact that he was not asked or he was not booked for the show, which I'm disappointed to hear that. So Gabe – I'm very disappointed that you did not book Rice-Rensburg to referee that match. No. Damn. Uh, next, I, I asked him about Ana And basically, I asked him, uh, do you know what happened after the condo security took you out? Uh, can you tell me what happened? And basically, he, he just said that... Uh, uh he barely remembers what happened. all that he remembers was that the security guys grabbed him and took them to the back and like everything was like uh everything was fuzzy he doesn't remember anything else that happened so he am trying to play with storyline here and uh uh basically, what I asked him next was uh his thoughts on the Icarus uh, at his meeting with uh at the uh, at eastern in the eastern complex and he thought that uh it was interesting to uh, to hear that what Iker was doing and that he hoped that it was a success, but uh, kind of knew what happened there. And uh, lastly, I asked him um, what was his thoughts about the the rest of the Chikara guys being booked elsewhere in other promotions, and you know he said that he was happy to to hear that that the rest of the crew was. You know, gaining opportunities elsewhere—not only on several independent shows, but also getting a shot at national television, which was in reference to a uh, jigsaw that he hopes that uh, everybody uh, you know does well. And uh, that was my uh, uh, interaction with uh, Bryce Runsberg.
3: Oh, right, nice. So that's everything from that. Now we come on to previews and picks. Starting off previews of a couple of events. Speaking of Mr. Boris Rumsberg, this Saturday we'll see a little bit of wrestling is fun at the uh, the well, the Eastern Pennsylvania. I think, I think isn't that the Funplex? I'm trying to think, or is it, yes, it different is. place? The same place. It is on the Funplex. Mm-hmm. So, uh, interesting set of matches here, seven matches on the card so far. I'll probably add another one in, depending what will happen. Probably involving uh, Monsieur uh, Azerbaijan. Because I don't want to call him Mr. because I get a flashback to Mr. Mr. and Broken Wings. <coughs> Hashtag Vice City. Or that E-Trade commercial. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those uh, matches on the card include Trevor Lever and Roy Wilkins taking on the Baltic Siege of the Latvian Oak and the Estonian Thunderfrog. Our Hail the Ice Cream will be taking on the Proletariat boar of Moldova. Wicked will be facing Juan Francisco de Coronado. Then an Atomico match as Jolly Roger, Lance Steel, Dragon Dragon and Shane Storm take on Yaka, Max Mashmaster, Fre- Flex Rumble Crunch and Oleg the Usurper. Shenron will be taking on Mark Angelo to see whether he can continue his unbeaten run. Ultramantis Black and Freightmare the Spectral Envoy will be taking on Missile Assault Ant and, Antarctic Rescue and from the Colony Extreme Force trademark. And then the main event for the Banana. And the Bank. Or something. Amasis defending against Greenham. Which should be a pretty damn good match. I'll say that. Uh, another event happening this weekend. Is the Scars and Stripes show. Again, it's on Saturday... And it's happening in Bourbon Street in Illinois. I think that's exactly the same place as Hoopla happened, isn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah A-W. Uh-huh. AW usually mm. runs either the Berwyn Eagles Club or Bourbon Street, tends to be kind of the bigger shows. Mm.
3: Yeah. Uh, apparently, there is a meet and greet uh, with uh, doors open from, si- from 6 p.m. Doors open for everyone from six forty five over seven thirty bill time. I'm not sure who's part of the meet and greet, possibly the whole roster, I'm not sure. But uh tickets start at fifteen dollars and then for the meet and greet uh twenty five and thirty, which isn't too bad. Tickets may still be available, you might want to check uh AAW Wrestling for that. Uh their website. Do you think, is it think Wrestling dot com?
4: Uh, let me double check it's A, it's
3: check. AA wrestling, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Let me double check why you... Uh, pre- okay. uh,
3: set to appear, not scheduled in matches just yet. Uh, Scarlet Bordeaux, Marcus Crane, uh, Hev- Heather Patera, Nikki Mayday, Kevin Harvey, Lamar Titan, Tweet Phoenix, Heidi Lovelace, Dan Lawrence, untime Miller, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, a.k.a. The Monster Mafia, and Jimmy Jacobs. Shane Hollister will also be making his first title defense for the AAW title. And in matches, only four matches confirmed so far. Carlito Colón will be taking on Keith Walker with Kevin Harvey in his corner. In in Walker's corner, anyway. Eddie Kingston will be taking on Rhino. That's got potential, definitely. Uh for the AAW tag titles, the Irish Airborne of the Chris Brothers. We'll be taking on the team of Kung Fu Manchu in Lewis Linden and Marion Fontaine.
1: Oh, so that's their name now. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Kung Fu Manchu. Hmm? That's genius.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, And then it won't be the main event, but the top of the bill of confirmed matches so far Is an unsanctioned match between Christian Rose and Marek Brave.
4: Mm -hmm. And to just confirm for the ticket information, just go to uh, AAWrestling.com for ticket information if you want to attend the show.
3: Yeah, A.A. Wrestling. Right. Okay.
4: Next up, we go
3: to Saturday again. Wow, this, this Saturday is packed for everyone, apparently. Um this Saturday we will also see the start of the world tag the I keep calling it the world tag world championship tournament for ring of honor at the Rhode Island Convention Center in Providence Rhode Island which is that the same place that beyond wrestling happened No I was in. Was that in Rhode Island, in Providence? It was
4: It was in Rhode Island, but it wasn't in the same place, the same venue.
3: It was in Providence, but not the same venue. Okay, no problem. <clears throat> uh, it's the Rhode Island Convention Center, by the way, if you want the details. Shows at 7.30. I'm not sure whether tickets are still available. If you want to find out, check uh, rhwrestling.com. All the details will be there. And uh, from here on we'll be giving picks for the rest of the cards. So uh, starting off with an interesting situation of student versus teacher. As Mike Bennett with Maria will be taking on Brutal Bob Evans. Mm-hmm. So, I think here Brutal Bob might get the upset victory. And Bennett if he does leave, leaves. But I think... Uh, I think Brutal could get... Well, no, I'm going to change my mind, actually. Brutal will nearly come out on top, but Bennett will just be one step ahead. Only just.
1: I'm going to say Bennett.
3: Sandra?
4: We're going to go with Bennett for the win.
3: Okay. Next up, the honored personified six-man tag. Very interesting one here. as Kevin Steen, Tommaso Chomper, and Michael Elgin will be taking on BJ Whitmer and the American Wolves of Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. This is a tough one to call, but I'll stay Steen, Chomper, and Elgin.
1: I'm going to say Whitmer and the Wolves.
4: Should be a very interesting uh, man tag. Um, I'm going to say Whitmer and the Wolves as well. Okay,
3: next up we have the, well, four of the, oh sorry, three of the, well, we'll do the qualifying match first for the Ring of a World Total Tournament. And it's Adam Page taking on Silas Young. The winner of which will be uh, the following week in action. In first round competition, I can't remember against who, but uh, I honestly think, especially considering the way he was used at uh, Hoopla, I'm going to say Silas Young will probably get the winner.
1: Mm. I see to remember correctly, Adam Page won the first match, so I'm going to say Silas Young.
4: Three for three. I'm going to say Silas Young as well.
3: And then the three first round matches, Adam Cole versus Mark Briscoe. I'm going to say Cole, but I wouldn't be surprised if Briscoe Did win, because obviously the second round is next weekend, so it's not that far into the future, so they could, he could still be booked for them, but I'll say Cole. I'm
1: going to go with the guy who I think's going to win the tournament, Adam
4: Cole. I'm going to agree once again. I'm going to say Adam Cole.
3: Now we've got uh, Jay Lethal versus Sanjay Duck. Well, who's the one that's technically signed to Ring of Honest, though? Uh My pick is Jay Lethal.
1: <laughs> uh. I think regardless of the ties that one person still has to another company, I think, yeah, he's supposed to be wrestling, or he would have already wrestled this past Thursday. Yeah, uh, who just wrestled this past Thursday. Um, I'm going to go, yeah, Lethal. <laughs> Let's see what the person who signed
4: Do I really need to give an explanation? No. I'm going to go with Jay Lito.
3: You should have said Prince David. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final first round match sees Machine Gun Carl Anderson take you on ACH. Uh, just probably because of availability I'm pr- going to say uh, ACH. for win.
1: Same here. Anderson seems like the more likely choice, considering he's undefeated by just the availability. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they have him stay for a bit, but I'm going to go ECH there as well.
4: Um, This is a very interesting match that I'm pretty sure no one would have expected. yeah, simply because of the availability of Carl Anderson, most likely going to be busy in the G1 climax. Yeah, I'm going to say ACH.
3: And finally, we've got the proving ground match. As the World Tag Team Champions Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kylo Riley will be in non title action, taking on the Forever Hooligans Rocky Romero and Alec Kozlov. As with normal proving ground matches, If it reaches the 15-minute time limit, or Forever Hooligans win, they do get a shot at the tag titles. I think just because they're angling towards it, I actually think Forever Hooligans will win here. That's a little bit of an upset.
1: Yeah, because Forever Hooligans has a couple more dates to their little stay in Ring of Honor. So I can see them getting a world title shot here. And,
4: well, this would be the way they get it for Who again. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Romero
3: and Coswell. Also, Richard Lepia, uh Matt Taven will be there. Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander to Darius Thomas. And the matchmaker extraordinaire that is Nigel McGuinness.
4: One thing I have to mention before we continue, do they really have to say that the matchmaker is going to be there? Isn't that his job, that he has to be there regardless?
3: No, because they don't mention Delirious.
1: Well... Oh, behind the curtain. I, yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: Not that yeah. it isn't known, but...
3: <laughs> and now we have to jump forward in time by about 15 minutes. As we come to the main picks, which is Dragon Gate USA. Starting off with Bushido, Code of the Warrior 2013. With an 8pm bell time at the Queensborough Elks Lodge in Queens Boulevard, Elmshurst, New York. Is this the one you're going to, Sandra? No, I'm going to
4: the Sunday show. You're
3: going to the Sunday one, okay. So... Already signed for this one. Some interesting matches, definitely. Starting off with the six-way freestyle with Caleb Connolly, Derek Royce, Drew Gulak, Orange Cassidy, Scott Reed, with Larry Dallas because of the scene combination, and Shane Strickland. Uh, I think. The, I think the winner of this. Did they get a a title shot of their choice? No. Just, uh, no. Oh, not this time. I was getting confused with <laughs> one of the other times that we've had it. CZW. It's, it's pretty much everybody in the CZW match was in that one, pretty much.
4: Actually, um, it is misinformation.
3: Yeah. Misinformation, piss pronunciation, it's always brilliant. Um, I think they might give it to Drew Gulak for this one. I wanna say Strickland, but then that's copying exactly what CCW did. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Gates above that,
1: hopefully. Uh, it comes down to be the two people <laughs> here, Strickland and Conley. Oh yeah, there's Reeds, oh, I forgot. Um Okay, I'll make that three people. I'll think it's gonna be either the members of the Gentlemen's Club or Derek Rice. Reed hasn't really done much. Strickland just came in, and Conley has the whole, I left the scene, now I'm trying to change my life thing going on. So I'll go with Caleb Conley here.
4: Um, um I'm going to say with Drew Gulak, hopefully uh, his character will change this weekend. That's what I'm hoping for. Cause I don't want him to be like the comedy character in... Uh, Drag a USA, I wanted to be that you know that serious wrestler that he is like another place of, like ZZW AIW no I'm not AIW, excuse me no, beyond wrestling and other places that he's been in.
2: Yeah. Um
3: next up the special challenge match. With Uha Nation taking on Jigsaw. Um Due to what's happening probably the following night, I'm gonna say Uha Nation wins this one.
1: Yeah, Nation.
4: I would have gone with that either way Regardless of what's happening uh, The night after Should have been an interesting match
3: um, But yeah I'm going to say Nation. Next up a bunkhouse match With Chuck Taylor taking on John Davis um, Just for the upset here I'm going to say Chuck Taylor
1: um, Davis won the No Q match, so I guess by the logic that I've been displaying in a lot of these picks, I'm gonna go with uh, Chuck Taylor.
4: I'm gonna go with Chucky T. E.
3: Okay. Now, one of the first, the first of the two is special attraction matches with Akira Tazar with Christina Von Airy taking on Tony Nice with Mr. A. Um, I think it could be an upset here as well Antonio Anthony gets the win.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Anthony Nice gets it here. He's been on quite a roll since uh, signing full-time with DGSA Ball. It should be
4: uh, a very big uh, test for uh, Tony Nieves, uh, it should be one hell of a match. Um, I'm gonna go different. I'm gonna say was gonna win.
3: Okay, and then the second special attraction match has to take on Trent Beretta, or whatever the hell he was called on uh, Impact this past week. Greg Marcielli, Eli, 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 whatever his name is. Uh, I think for this one, I'll say Aita will win. Or UT, or whatever he wants to be known as.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with the man apparently formerly known as... We have two people who've gone name changes. One because... (laughs) One because he's one more likely because he's forced to go by his real name of Greg Marshulo, and that being Trent Beretta, and then Ida uh, or Aita, excuse me.
3: Trent question mark and Aita question
1: mark. Uh, Go. uh, I'm liking Beretta on this, but the same thing that we mentioned with Sanjay Dutt before—we don't know, and I'm like Aita. UT, Ata,
4: whatever. First off, you're both wrong. Ata is not the one who has name changed.
1: Oh, just Tomahawk.
4: Tomahawk and uh, the new rookie.
3: Oh, okay, the new rookie.
4: <laughs> Which, by the way, um, apparently it was revealed that uh, Yuta Tanaka or UT it, won't be wrestling this weekend. For some strange reason. But yeah, they
3: pulled him out because they didn't think he was ready.
4: Which I think is kind of uh, an excuse, but I think he will be there, uh, probably in the corner of uh, H.I. Somahawk, The Seahawk, I guess. Uh, in this match, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Trent Barreto.
3: I don't think they were confident with the UT thing, because they've I think they think somebody would misread it and think it said U-H-T, and they try and put him in a cup of coffee or something. Yeah. Uh, then we got. Next up, a non total drug. Non total drug match? What? <laughs> non total grudge match? No drugs involved, hopefully. Uh, Rich Swan taking on Johnny Gargano. Um, I think Rich Swan will get the win here. Possibly due to interference to try and uh, distract Gargano because of. Uh, What's going to happen on Sunday with him defending his uh, title?
1: Um, yeah, I'll say Rich Swan. I was kind of leaning towards Gargano, but I'll go with Swan.
2: This one.
4: I'm gonna say Johnny Gargano.
2: Okay.
3: And we have the main event, which is uh, it's the two out of three falls 6 match, which I think is now being called, is it the the Gate to Heaven, is it? Yeah. I think it's officially not, the gate.
1: Uh, Apparently, it's not a two out of three falls match. It's a three falls match.
3: Well, yeah, because the first four will be two referees. With a tag strictly enforced, the second fall will be under Dragon Gate rules, which is basically tornado tag. And the third fall, if needed, which it will be needed, because more often than not they are needed. Tables, ladders, and chairs will be legal, although it isn't a TLC match. Uh, so it's Tuma, Ar Fox, and Tomahawk TT taking on Ricochet. And the Young Bucks. Um, which, of course, is interesting because I think there's hi- there's kind of history and sort of a grudge between all six of them.
1: Pretty much. Which is awkward. Uh, to kind of explain it, Seaman and Ricochet were former tag partners with Blood Warriors, and then Blood Warriors went away, and and Ricochet, I think they were still teaming for a time. Ricochet went to World 1, and then Shima formed, uh, I want to say Veteran Army. I'm not entirely too sure on that. Yes, was. Okay, so it was Veteran Army. AR Fox and Ricochet have been feuding for the past couple months. Uh, many say probably due to Ricochet's jealousy that AR Fox is like Shima's new kind of I should say his project, but that, that is Shima's new tag partner, which was Ricochet. Like, Ricochet was kind of that golden kid or whatever that Shima had. Uh, and then now Shima kind of yeah. giving it to A.R. Fox. And then the Young Bucks have had beef with pretty much all of them. A.R. Fox especially. No, they ran into Shima, and then they cost Tomahawk, TT, and Ada the match against A.R. Fox and Gargano back at Evolve 21. Yeah, Evolve 21 in the USA versus the World match. And the Young Bucks and Shima, I know, faced off from time to time. So that's kind of where everybody falls at.
4: So what'd you pick?
1: Oh, yeah. Also, the young. there we go. The Young Bucks beat Shimae R. Fox for the opening 90-gate tag titles. Main thing, I forgot. Uh, I'm going to go with sheba R. Fox and Tomahawk. Because I feel like even if they don't do the whole alt, uh, one team wins all three falls... Uh, I could still see that. But even if they were to, I would see Fox possibly picking Ricochet. And then Shima and Tomahawk, I don't know. Because I see both of them going after Gargano. Shima, because he's the Dragon champ, the Open the Dream Gate. Yeah. yeah, Open the Dream Gate champion. And Tomahawk T pinned Gargano back at Evolve 21. Wait, so he has a non-title victory there. Seems like there'd be more for the faces to pick than... Ricochet, who I guess he's still a face, who just has an attitude with certain people, mainly Fox and the Young Bucks, who are a definite heel. <laughs> um,
3: for me, I'm gonna say the team of Chimaera, Fox, and Tomahawk TT which will probably build towards the following night.
4: Um, just for those that don't know, there was a, a name given for this match, and apparently this match is now called the Gate of Heaven match.
3: Oh, Gate of... I thought it was Gate to Heaven. Gate of Heaven, okay.
4: Oh, something sounds like that. But anyway, uh, for me, I'm going to go with uh, the team of uh, Shima, AR Fox, and T-Hawk.
3: Okay, so... Uh... Yeah, those of you I don't know if there's other tickets still available for both the events I'm not sure
4: Uh, I believe there are still tickets available mostly it's just a general mission for both shows so go to uh, dgusa.tv for the information
3: if you can't make it uh, both uh, the Bushido show and the next show that we'll be uh, giving our picks on are going to be on iPay-Per-View via WWN Live. So check them out if you can. So, final picks for this week. And it's the show that Sandro is going to in person. The Enter the Dragon 4th Anniversary Celebrations. uh, 1pm Eastern bell time. So, in an early afternoon slot. At the Highline Ballroom. In New York, New York. So good they named it 59 times. Probably. Well, uh, looks at Have we got only six matches so far?
4: That's, I'm not that's sure all. If any ab- that's, yeah, that's all the matches that have been confirmed so far. So okay. expect the last-minute matches announced at the show.
3: So we got a special attraction match with Uha Nation taking on Tony Neese from Mr. Ray. just as an upset here, I think I'm gonna say Uha Nation.
1: Um I'm liking Uha's chances, but
4: I think yeah I'm gonna go with Anthony Neese. Uh I would have said UHA Nation, but I'm gonna go with Tony Neese.
3: Okay, so next up, the special challenge match, as Trent Beretta takes on AR Fox. I think this one, we'll see AR Fox come out
1: on top.
4: Someone my picks AR. AR Fox. I'm going to
1: say AR Fox.
3: And now the Shikara Tribute Eight Man Atomico match as Jigsaw, Fire Ant, Frightmare, and Amasis, which are on Chuck Taylor, Ophidian, and Batiri. Which is a bit o- which is a bit odd. Cause you'd have because of what happened The last time Shikara was around, you'd have thought Jigsaw could have been a heel. And Ophidian could have been a face considering the the new partnership with Amasis, so...
1: Renewed partnership.
3: <laughs> yeah, renewed, certainly. But, uh... I think the good guys will go out on top, so I'll say Jigsaw, Fire and Frightmare, Amasis, and Aphridia.
1: Yeah, it probably would make it... A- I see what you mean there. I forgot that Jigsaw was part of the the faces here, so that would... Be- it would make more sense to switch Jigsaw off with Ophidian. Out of, uh, um, I'm gonna go with uh, yeah, Jigsaw, Fire Ant, Frightmare and a Moth.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, technical team, and I think we're gonna see uh, Ophidian get attacked by the heel team, and this is where we're gonna see. Uh, yeah, Ophidian,
3: Ophidian. That's why. That's why I mentioned five names in the winning team because I think Ophidian's gonna be. Assyrian portaling, possibly even in the match. So.
4: And there's a possible chance we'll see a, a dance-off.
3: Uh oh. Where is the music? <laughs> Next up, the open the United Gate title match as the Young Bucks defend against Ricochet and Rich Swan. My heart says the young bucks will retrain but uh Retrain retain, sorry. But uh just for the heck of it I'm gonna say surprise upset and ricochet and rich swan win I'ma say the young bucks retain.
1: Um
4: I'm gonna say Ricochet and Swan get the both. Okay, and then we come to,
3: I guess, co-main event and main event in the evening, or well, afternoon, I guess it is, uh, a one-four-way match between Chima, Akira, Tozawa, Aita, and T-Hawk, Tomahawk, TT, whatever you want to call him, uh, the winner which goes on, perhaps, perhaps straight away, perhaps not to take on Gagano for the Open the Freedom Gate title. Um, I'm going to say Chima will get the win, and then defeat Gagano for the belt. Uh, I'm going
1: to say Chima gets the win, but Gagaro will retain.
4: I understand why people are making their picks for Shima to win the match and possibly win the belt, but I don't think he needs it. I don't think he needs the belt either because he's already an established, an established star. He's already, like, the guy of Dragon Gate. So I don't think Shima needs the, this victory, period. And I'm going to say T-Hawk gets the win and it's going to beat Gargano. Uh, we're gonna have a new face for Dragon Gate USA.
3: Okay. Well uh, that's uh interesting set of pics there guys. We'll have to see what happens next week. Uh with that that is all for this week's show. We've covered everything for uh the next hopefully the next seven days or so so uh, make sure you check out all the other shows here on the network Tuesdays at 9 you have Unplugged with Bronx and Jeff then Fridays you have myself and Sean with the Open Book at 10 Eastern uh, Sunday Night Showdown will be on for when Pay per views are on. The next one coming up will be SummerSlam in two or three weeks, I think it is, off the top of my head. So uh, keep an eye out for that and who's going to be part of it. Hopefully, you're going to have people like Shark and Harmony and Trey and Jeff and Bronx on there. So looking forward to that. Podcast wise. You've got the hard way. You've got beyond the bell. You've got the Elite Force podcast, midweek and weekend editions. You've got uh, running the ropes with Mav, and you've got us. And I think that's everybody we've covered. I'm trying to think. Of, yeah, I don't think if I've missed anybody, apologise. If I haven't, then. Huzzah, (laughs) (laughs) hurrah. So, Sandra, any final words before you uh, head off to Dragon Gate? (laughs) Uh,
4: Looking forward for this weekend. It should be an interesting show to be there live. I'll definitely give a report next week's show. Um, Yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, there are many different ways. If Uh, If you're going to your local independent promotion and you want to mention it, uh, we'll be more than happy to talk about it uh, on the air. Just send an email to wholeindy at snsradionetwork.com or leave a message on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash thewholeindyshow. If you want to
3: ask a question in less than 130 characters, do
4: it on Twitter. (laughs) Yes, because the other eight characters
3: me. will be taken up with Ask
4: TWIS. Yes. You just said it, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, I am on Twitter if you want to get in contact with me uh, with the handle at Sandro TWIS. That's S-A-N-D-R-O T W I S.
3: TWIS. Very good. Uh, Randy, any final thoughts from you before we head off?
1: Um, let me see. um, honestly, there's nothing I can think of now. There's probably something witty I might come up with now or well after the fact, but and it's really about it. um yeah, just leave it at that.
3: He's been stumped people he's <laughs> been stumped. Wow, so uh, with that, hope you all. Have a good weekend, whatever you're doing. Hopefully it's indie wrestling related. And until next week, this was Ashley. That was Randy and Sandro. And all of this, what you have just listened to, has been your weekly slice of indie goodness. Song of the Night, in dedication to seemingly the return of Shikara is a song based on the title of one of the cancelled shows from this past week. And it's version two of Isn't It a Pity from George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. And if you get sick of that album, too bad we're going to be using those songs pretty much for the rest of the year. And you know who to blame for that? Mike Wackenbush. Good night, everyone. Peace. Bye you sometime whenever now why all of a sudden do i feel the urge to have facial hair oh wait i've still got it meh
2: So wrong.